Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. This week on the program, we're talking about Mike Pence's favorite movie. It's Psycho. I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Sadak. Erico. (laughs) Chris Cabin. (laughs) And we love movies. Hello, everyone. Welcome to We Love Movies. Thank you for tuning in, as always. That's right. It is the official start of We Love Movies Month here on the show. We are flipping and flopping the lineup. Everything in the WHM Prime feed uh, this month. Well, it's all We Love Movies, baby. We're getting started with Psycho from 1960, directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. Uh, little known motion picture, but Sir. we figured, you know. Sir, by the way, what? What, sir? Alfred he was knighted. I, I, I oh, was, sure. Yeah. Was he knighted? I was not aware. Oh, that's sir, great. that's fantastic. oh great! I've been tasked with finding the Holy Grail. <laughs> oh, this does not appear to be the cap of a carpenter. Can you? Could you? Could you help me up my knees? My knees are fairly, <laughs> filling with fluid. Would you help me up? That dragon is just, he's completely out of focus. I can't do anything. And I certainly would be slaying him anytime <laughs> soon. The, we warned you to not take the MacGuffin across the seal. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we talking about? We're talking about Benny Hill's what movie? <laughs> Psycho. Benny Hill's oh. Psycho. <laughs> Sir Benny Hill's Psycho. Dude, they're just all running really fast out of all the motel rooms <laughs> yeah. back and forth. The mummy comes out at well, one point. Well, with this Bernard Herman score, I'd be running. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's great. And, and you it's know fantastic. what? And like like we said, maybe it was last year when we did North by Northwest, a fucking full-on title sequence to yeah. beat that band. Even if yeah. it's gorgeous. Yeah, Saul Bass. I'm also, you know what? I, I, just to bring these things back, I am willing to bring back in the animated opening. I'm, I'm oh, willing. cartoon opening? Yeah, cartoon openings. <laughs> I, I, if, if it brings us some of these back, I'm willing to right. see those as well. Oh, I thought you meant for this, where it'd be like oh, man. Fat Hitchcock cartoon yes. bumping <laughs> shit, hitting or, the fucking car. Yeah, uh, I was pissed. Uh, I just saw the killer last weekend. Uh, uh, Fincher's new one. <laughs> no and cartoon opening. No, but I went to the bathroom and I came back in the middle of an honest to goodness credit sequence. I'm like, holy shit, it's a Fincher oh, credit sequence, and oh. I missed half of it. Oh shit, that sucks, man. Yeah, but I'm happy to scene. hear that the credits are back. Not animated, though, huh? No, just, 
you know, Finn True like- were moving around a room kind of a thing, you know. Oh, okay. Right. That would have yeah. been a fun one, right? Because he, he's dressed like uh, Mr. Magoo in that movie. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, awesome credit sequence here. Uh, uh, can I tell you one time, actually, the most recent time I saw this before this morning, uh, we saw it at Lincoln Center. The New York Phil did a live Ooh, score like that. to oh, nice. it. And it was fucking rocking, man. And something that I hadn't even thought about until they like, like the conductor came out and said it was that it's a score. And of course, once I say this, you'll be like, duh, or maybe you're mm. already, you're smarter than me and you recognize this. Like, it's all strings. There's no percussion. There's yeah. nothing else. This entire score is strings. It was so super cool watching them play this fucking thing. But I, I mean, even at home, this score will get you ready to watch a movie, was, which is its job. Was Lydia Tarr conducting? Was that, <laughs> was that where she is now? No, she was at the uh, Five Nights at Freddy's cosplay contest <laughs> uh, doing that orchestration. The, the synthesizer off. <laughs> yes. But yeah, the score is brought restrained. You know, we're not, we're, we're just doing strings. We're, we're also, he's Hitch is scaling back uh, some scope here. We don't have, you know, Cary Grant or, or James Stewart types. Yeah, this was like a famously low budget movie and he had already started doing uh the the Hitchcock Presents show so he was like very fluent in like making cool TV shit on the cheap. And it's amazing like they, you know, I don't think they intentionally tried to like sidelining him by giving him a small budget, but it's like I don't know, here's a risky title. Yep. This is the money you have to to do with what you will. And he still knocks it out of the fucking park with no money. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it reminds you, like, you know, you watch some of those old Twilight Zones and those Alfred Hitchcock presents, you're like, this yeah. is as good as any, like, you know, horror movie that you could have, you know what I mean? Like, the, those, like, 20-minute yeah. little masterpieces kinds of yep. things. And I think that, like, on that shoestring, and act, there's a, quite a few uh, Twilight Zone actors kind of uh, sprinkled throughout here. Um, Definitely. It just, it has that vibe, which is kind of fantastic. And it just sort of, like, and I think the black and white helps a lot. I mean, obviously, like, the question of like, would color have been too gory? Would it have been too whatever? It just sort of, it sets this thing in a, in, in sort of a, in a tone that is just so, for lack of a better word, cool, not in a cool way, but like cool in like a, uh, from an emotional standpoint. Like it's very it, cool. It's scarier, I think. Yes. I don't think it would be as scary in color. Uh, especially, yeah. I, I think of, uh, to focus you on the shadows rather than like stuff in that, if you look at the where um not where Lila where Sam works the the hardware the store hardware store that's yeah. like a Wes Anderson hardware store. If yeah. you're looking <laughs> at how things are placed on like the wall, like right. knives are in these like little triplets that are like in corners of one frame. It's like yeah. So I think I would just be like looking at all of that rather than focusing on the heart of it, which is these yep. characters dealing with this mystery. And finding out about Norman and all of his little weird stuff. Right. It's definitely not Mr. Mr. Gower's crap shack. He yes. had in that, that, uh, <laughs> yeah. That, oh, my God. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful life. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Oh, but old Mr. Gower's dressing up as his dead mother and killing people in town. Oh, geez. Oh, that would make sense, man. That guy could bust an ear. He could probably do much worse, too. Yeah, I think that would be the third reality. I think if, like, George lived past, <laughs> like, he, he lived to be, like, eight. I think that. Like, not that it ever existed at all, but if you lived to be about eight years old, Mr. Gower would have dressed up as, a, as his own mother and started murdering yeah. people. <laughs> Mr. Gower just with a bunch of Willie Nelson wigs in his, oh, you know, pumping yeah. up on his arm, being like, I'm, I'm going to be Bates. I'm going to become Norma. 
I, also, the black and white here. You, it, this movie starts off like like a film noir, very much yeah. in those oh, yeah. tropes, and maybe it's the nail in the coffin of those. But it, th- I think that is very effective to draw you in. You you're almost watching what you seem to think is a pedestrian kind of story at first. Yes, and, and what we have is a really intensely erotic opening here. Mm-hmm. Like this is like oh, you yeah. know, dude, specifically for the time, but not even for the time, really, just like. It is two people who have fucked their way through lunch. And it's like, it's a real, I love it, Sam. Yeah. It might not be the first line, it might be the second line or something. Sam's like, huh, guess you didn't even have time to eat your lunch. It's like, I fucked your brains out. You hungry yet, baby? Yeah. Too right. busy eating dick. Uh, excuse me, gonna re-energize with a big chomp of pastrami here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get right back to you. I'll tell you what, man, it is super sexy. Still to this day, you're seeing Janet Lee, like, you know, getting ready to button up or whatever. I was like, speaking of no one's home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that bra is very sharp. It yes. is very pointy, as was the style at the time. Mm-hmm. I feel that's Watch, what I called them. Yeah. Watch out. It'll put your eyes out. Get away from <laughs> your seat. Good back, boys. Apparently, uh, uh, Hitchcock was never happy with uh, John Gavin's performance of Sam Loomis. He would uh-huh. refer to him as the stiff on set. <laughs> oh, get the stiff in there. I could see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I mean, I mean, he is. It's. I mean, it's sort of a thankless role to begin with. You know what I mean? You're just sort of like the beleaguered, good-intentioned boyfriend. You know what I mean? But I don't mm. know how you. I, I mean, to me, I don't know how. I mean, after the uh, first like thirty minutes, it's all Perkin. Like, yes. oh, it, yeah. it, it, he's the lightning rod. I don't see how you right. like. It's hard to even like Lila. They, they she does pretty good, but like, yeah, like Sam, like. <laughs> He's just, I mean, he's very handsome. Let's put it yes. that way. Yeah, he, yeah. He's very yeah. nice to look at. <laughs> exactly. Listening to him and pretending he's a human, not so great, but. Mm-hmm. But you're you right, know. Chris. The 30 minutes exactly, I think, is when Perkins uh, shows on screen. Uh, but John Gavin, interesting life. Apparently, did you read about this, Andrew, at all? That he was going to be James Bond at some point? An American playing James Bond? Oh, wow. No, I didn't know that. That would have been awful. He was apparently <laughs> signed for a role after Lazenby left. And uh, they put oh. a stop to it because he wasn't British or whatever. But I think he was all paid for it or whatever. Eventually, he became the ambassador to Mexico under Reagan. Wow. Oh, weird Man. life. Yeah. Either. That's interesting. I'll um, get my old buddy John down there to sort them out. <laughs> <laughs> You'd sort them out like you sorted out Norman Bates. <laughs> you know, he was supposed to be the American James Bond, Jefferson Pigman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Pigman. Yeah. Jefferson Pigman. <laughs> I'll have so, that whiskey with dirt in it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is America. That is America. Because you know we had a lot of British stuff wrong, and this is this is the other side of the coin. By the way, Hitchcock, I, I was wrong for correcting you, Andrew, saying Sir at the top. I just Googled it. He was knighted yeah. in 1980. At year, at 80 years old, he got knighted by Queen Elizabeth II. Yes, I, I am going to need a lift up afterwards. <laughs> it's and oh gosh, she got my ear. Get me those <laughs> straps you use to move a piano. <laughs> wow. So actually, so he was knighted the year he died then. He also kicked off in 1980. Wow. That's awesome. That's what did him in right there. It was the knee, injury to the knee that did it. <laughs> well, don't they bring down like a giant sword? Yes. Maybe she, yeah. Maybe the old broad slipped and, and nicked something. 
No, that's a that's a joke from King Ralph. <laughs> that, to make, does he do that in King Ralph? I'm pretty sure he does. I'm sure. Actually, Nick, I, I, I think so. We, Most of what I say is derived from King well, so, Ralph in one way well, or another. Long overdue, by the way. That's why you're all you're always talking about Burger King. <laughs> did did, did uh, Hitchcock yeah. live to see t- King Ralph or no? Uh, no, he, he died in 1980. Oh. oh, that's a shame. He, he was uh, in the middle of pre-production on the third remake of The Man Who Knew Too Much. <laughs> so he's gonna he go lasted, for trio. If he lasted eleven more years, he could have seen King Ralph. Damn. <laughs> yes, uh, damn it. He was looking up from hell, just like, oh, I can't <laughs> believe I missed that one. Uh, but so yeah, they they have fucked through lunch. They 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 had sex for lunch. I love sex for lunch. Thanks so much. I will. Do, oh yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll take it upstairs too. Yeah. We'll just, <laughs> you know they say you know he's like oh yeah oh uh, yeah what's the line you never did eat your lunch did you and then they there's a shot mm. of the lunch. Total fire fest lunch, man. This sandwich it looks <laughs> disgusting. Like, it was, dude, yeah, I'd rather be fucking too. It was 1960, dude. You're talking about her big thing is like, you know, because you know, obviously they are. It's an unmarried situation. Sam's got a sob story about he's divorced and uh, he's paid all this alimony to Luann, wherever she might be or whatever. Dealing. Literally not living in the country anymore. He yeah, says. dude. All this, but she's still getting all these hardware monies. I love it. And <laughs> exactly. I, but uh, being the food, like her thing is like, you know, uh, because what they're doing is irrespectable and she's trying to maybe li- bring them into respectability is like what I'd like you to do is come to my house meet my sister we'll have the picture of my mother on the wall yikes by the way mm, and yeah. we'll and we'll broil a steak for three that is that is the height of 1960s cuisine it's true yeah. broiling a steak for three absolutely Oof. and the other thing of like that time like yeah come over and you're just gonna like have this awkward dinner with me and my sister and it's gonna be like Here's my new boyfriend. He's uh, freshly divorced. We definitely haven't been fucking uh, Vera Miles. Don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. Like what? I'm like I hear that line and I'm like, what an awkward situation that would be for Sam Loomis. I mean, they're sharing a steak for three that is also probably pumped with chemicals that Dupont wouldn't look at. <laughs> <laughs> you better finish it, or else you can't eat your Jello mold no, afterwards. Exactly. It's supposed oh. to glow like that. No, it's supposed to glow. Uh, it's got a, It's a healthy thing for that to happen. Oh, uh, more milk. Uh, would you like more milk with your steak? You can drink some milk <laughs> when you have your steak, right? Oh, oh yeah. Sam, we're in a little bit of a rush. Why don't you just put all that gristle in the milk and drink it all at once? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how the protein shake was invented. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, dude, that's, you gotta you, you gotta finish that gristle. I mm-hmm. I do enjoy a good gristle shake. <laughs> oh my! Gristled milk, please. Yes. <laughs> oh, what is this? Yeah. Oh my God! I missed King Ralph, and what is this? I I missed the great outdoors. <laughs> oh my God! The raccoons are talking. My pa- God! Pardon me. Another thing I've missed from hell. There's a double quarter pounder with cheese. <laughs> oh damn! Now I I I wouldn't have had to have just ordered two at the same time and combined them together, as was my habit when eating McDonald's. The king of burgers not only has a chicken sandwich but an Italian chicken sandwich <laughs> with marinara sauce on it. I must have them by the triple. That's 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 uh, Hitch's hell. Is actually just watching all these fast food commercials. Like, oh, no, I would have loved that. <laughs> what a 
Baconator? <laughs> Good God. Okay. I truly was born ahead of my time. They should knight the Baconator at this point. <laughs> I am so sick of the devil bringing the Mikri back taking it away. I, when I've never even tasted the damn thing, I still have to know when it comes back in circulation. I can't go to the last secret Papa Gino's because it's in heaven. And they won't let me up there to go and get a slice from Papa Gino. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. A double down, you say. <laughs> you replace the bread with fried chicken tenders? Amazing. You know, I went to the craft services once and I tried to invent that, but they said I was mad. (laughs) Mad, I tell you. Um, But, you know, obviously this is like we're pushing what is left of the Hayes Code uh, as far as we can go because they have clearly had sex. Like they are. Oh, yeah. It's not we're not doing. Uh, you know, twin beds and just you know what I mean. Like they are. Oh no, it's a single bed. She's in like a slip, laying on yes. it. Like they're going to leave, and uh, she's like, "I'm gonna go ahead of you." Like we're not gonna leave this hotel at the same time. I'm late, and you still have to put your shoes I- on, which means they were off because we were having hot hotel. Oh sex yes, right no this. shoes on. Hell yeah. <laughs> even I mean, even the language that's not talking about directly about sex is very sexual. The when he talks about sweating out debts and sweating yep. out all these things. But when she says, I'll lick the stamps, Jesus H. Christ. Yes. Uh, uh, like, I mean, when she says, put the shoe, put your shoes on, she might as well be also saying, and your dick is out, by the yes. way. This yeah, is, exactly. <laughs> I think, you know, for today's audiences, it might not seem as hot, but it is. Like, lick, licking stamps, it's as hot as you could get in 1960. Sorry, Mary. It's a 1960 Janet Lee. Let's just yep. put out put that out there. Uh, and look at a stamp. So, sorry, Marianne. I was in the bathroom <laughs> pissing on my own used condom. Uh, that which I then <laughs> flushed down the toilet. Now let's talk about our relationship. Oh uh, let's God. get out of here, Marion, before they come in and realize they definitely have to change the sheets. Let's go. <laughs> There's the stank in here. All right, we open on a huge condom, and <laughs> urine is spraying upon it in a toilet seat. You oh understand? Oh, wait, that. I can't do that? Well, then you could cut to, like, the dead eye slowly and uh, twirl yeah. around and kind uh, of compare it to the condom in the drain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of like a Melies pastiche, you know? <laughs> Very magical, and the condom in the pit. But very specifically, th- they want to be together. And they can't because of all of Sam's financial limitations. He can't take care of her. And it's like 60. So it's kind of the whole scenario. You know what I mean? And like he says, even like if you if we got together, you'd have to. Yeah, you could live. I guess where he is living is in the storeroom of his own hardware store. Yep. Which may be above a bowling alley and beneath another bowling alley. <laughs> He's sleeping on a cot that also houses like the most recent crate of nails that was delivered to the store. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. This dude lives a shitty life. And I think part of it too, is he's also like, they don't really talk about it, but I think it's there. Especially Mm. with the time he's like, your job, Marion is better than mine right now. And I can't fucking have that. Yes. I can't can't steal no $40,000 from the hardware store. I ain't (laughs) never had no $40,000 in the hardware store. That's what's so interesting to me. And like, I, you know, I've seen this movie, maybe like, I don't know, maybe six or seven times, but thing, details you always kind of misremember. Like, I always remember it as Marion pulling off a scam that she had been cooking for a while. 
But I love oh, the way, oh. I love that it's not that, that it is this sort of like completely right. serendipitous thing. Like obviously we're, we've just set it up by explaining exactly her money woes and how much this money could mean to her kind of a thing. And then it oh, just yeah. walks The opportunity in with, falls in her lap. Yes. Yes. And she runs with it. It's sort of, it's sort of like a film noir kind of uh, Oh, no, it, it absolutely is. Yeah. yeah. Like couple having sex out of wedlock, money Ooh. problems, shitty ex-wife. Like it would just tilt full noir if it was like, now we just have to kill her. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's not yes. where it goes. She goes uh, back to work after the the sexy lunch break. And yes, yeah, she works for a real estate office in uh, downtown Phoenix there. And Lowry we, uh, Real Estate. George, George yeah. Lowry. Ooh. Mr. Lowry uh, is almost back from his lunch date with Mr. Cassidy, the latest high rolling spender here. But she walks in and here's her, her uh, co-worker, Caroline, played by Pat Hitchcock. Oh, man. Which, uh, <laughs> give this lady the fewer lines, the better. I think, piece, obviously. I think Nepo she has fun with it. Piece of shit. No, no, she's fine. I, the tranquilizers I, thing is funny. I, I, yes, it's a funny little yes. bit about like, oh, I have tri- I have tranquilizers and blah blah blah. Like she's like, oh, did anybody call? She's like, well, uh, Tom called for me, and then my mom called to see if Tom had called. <laughs> it's just kind of, I don't know. I, I, I was. It's funny, but here's bit. my thing with Pat Hitchcock because she's been in a few of his movies over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, she like. She sort of looks like the mother, Alma Revel, but she also really looks like Hitchcock and more importantly, sure. kind of has like the same accent as him. So it's kind yes. of like a little like Lil Hitchcock and it always freaked me out. <laughs> it just always freaked me out with her. Uh, but it is very funny and all the stuff about like, yes, mother, you know, give me the, the tranquilizers and whatever else. It's a good script. I missed the, uh, what do you call it there? The cameo. I didn't see it. I didn't see his cameo. And I think he's it's right like here, right? right outside. Yeah, as she's apparently in a, in a cowboy hat. By the way, <laughs> yeah, that's what IMDb just, had me believe. I didn't see it. He's uh, looking good, man. My man's looking good. But yeah. uh, <laughs> backing Bronco. You wear a cowboy hat. You shouldn't be able to get knighted by the Queen of England. <laughs> yeah, that's true. At any time. Oh, I got another letter from Pat. She says, oh, my God, they're putting cheese in the crust now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, this. Yeah, he's it's a cowboy hat. It's kind of like a more of a modern cowboy hat. He looks like a guy that would be standing right behind Lee R.V. Oswald when he got shot. Yeah, that's yes. the kind of yep. cowboy hat we're going. Yeah, I slowly walk him down the parking lot to his death or whatever. Yeah. Oh, hey, Oswald. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. This is, yeah, this is like, it's not so much a cowboy as like a dude who works in law enforcement who believes himself to be a cowboy. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of cowboy hat we're talking about. Pathetic. Slowest gun in Hollywood. <laughs> yes. You can say it. He looks pathetic. It, it's, it's a pathetic look. It's a really, it's a sad and pathetic look. And like, he's the director, so I get it. It's fine. He's having a little fun. Yeah, he's having a fun. He's having a little fun time. Well, I mean, at least he's not like his uh, boy there, M. Night Shyamalan, who needs fucking 30 lines, 30 lines of cameo. Mm-hmm. Nope. And Hitchcock. I'm sorry for what I up. did to you and yours. I'm sorry. Yeah. As he's got more popular over the years, he was like, people are looking for it and they're distracting from the movie. I will just be at the top. Everyone can have a laugh and then we can get on with it. Unlike M. Night showing up at like the ass end of the village and all that shit, man. No, thanks. No. Get it over with, buddy. He didn't have a pat to shove in there. So that's the problem. (laughs) Uh, But yes, uh, they come back from a four. 
They had a uh, Marion had a sex lunch. They had a whiskey lunch for sure. Oh, a, cock- a real nineteen sixties cocktail lunch. Lunch yes. were, lunch was great back then, right? <laughs> lunch, lunch was lunch great. Sucks now. Like you could have <laughs> sex and whiskey, one or the other, or both, maybe during lunch back in the day. Now totally. what is it like a you know a little sandwich from some fucking shop? Oof. I mean, you can still have a whiskey lunch. What they were having and what you can't have anymore is a whiskey and slurs lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you've got this Cassidy guy who is from Texas who looks like he likes he's a he's very into language. I'll say it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, of course he is. He's got a way with words, dude. He comes yes. in and he goes, "Boy, it's hotter than fresh milk out there." Blah! <laughs> what a Ew. gross thing. Oh, man. Oh, just think about that milk coming out of that hot udder. And I'm curious uh, because who did it in the uh, Larry? I never really thought about that. I guess milk comes out like hot, like piss, huh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's from that the body. really just colors milk for me. Oh, no. <laughs> I was uh, huge, huge uh, drop by uh, Gus Van Sant because this guy has such. Uh, uh, oh God, what's his name? Bill Murray's older brother, uh, Brian, Brian Doyle Murray, energy and voice. He's got the rasp, but like, yeah. that is the guy to do your shot for shot remake. Uh, but it's, yeah. But it's, sure, yeah, it's it's kind of just a nobody who plays that, yeah, guy, like right? Chad Everett. I never actually saw the shot for shot remake. Oh, I, I, I saw it precisely once and I didn't yeah. think much of it. I know come, a lot of people like it. Come on down to Cassidy's Arcade. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you see, sweetheart, she's got a she's got a bow in her hair. That's why I'm giving you fifty forty thousand dollars. <laughs> so yes, uh, so Cassidy is uh, buying a house for his daughter, who's about to be married. My and baby, forty k. My it's baby. disgusting. All the shit. Oh, my little baby's growing up. Tomorrow she's gonna get married, and she won't be my baby no more. <laughs> but it's it, but it's so like it's such a perfect thing for Marion to be like, fuck this guy. She's like, yeah. uh, you know, I, I I like to bring it around. I don't carry anything I can't afford to lose. Forty thousand dollars. She's gonna set my baby up. She's eighteen, by the way. She's about to get married to the love of her life. Like two uh-huh. nails. Two nails in, in fucking uh, Marion Crane's coffin already, and then it's like she's never known a hard day in her entire life. <laughs> and if she if she did, I'd buy it away. And it's like I'm gonna buy steal this it away. Money. Oh yeah, gonna- well, well, I had sex for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I had eight and a half inches for lunch. All right. Did you bring any uh, any of that leftover? <laughs> <laughs> the salami for me. Yeah, a little bite eight of and sex. Half inches looks like Subway ripped you off. <laughs> okay, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy it for my little baby. And would you like to be my little baby? I could make you oh. in a crib and be my little uh-huh. baby. Dude, yeah, just, what does he say to her? He goes, "Sometimes I can keep my mouth shut." <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, dude. When I'm and, fucking motorboating, <laughs> and what and that's and what that means is I don't go down on any women. Yeah, <laughs> of course, uh, I looked it up. By the way, forty thousand dollars in 1960 yeah. was just about four hundred sixteen thousand dollars. Not too fucking shabby. Pretty mm. good, I think. That that's the thing. Is like she takes the money and gets out of there, and she's working there for ten years. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. why, why wouldn't you throw away? 10 years of your life for $400,000. My God. Yeah. Exactly. I would do it right now. What? I would do yeah. the exact same things for George Lowry. I mean, for, for this piece of shit, are you serious? Like, come on for the money. Well, what's wrong. With, what's wrong with Lowry? I don't know. He kind of seems boring. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, well, I was there. She, but basically like it's, yeah, he gives a 40 grand. She, it, 
she's like, oh, you know, uh, I think George Lyers like, now bring that right to the bank. And she's like, oh, by the way, I have this headache. I'm probably just going to go home. And like, it's just so interesting. Like, it, it's very clear. Like, she has the idea, but she's not entirely sure what she wants to do with it yet. Like, it's all this, a yeah. lot of internal acting, which I really That's appreciate. why it's so much better than it, it, instead of uh, like what you misremember it yes, as. Yes, exactly. Like this long con. Because the, the opportunistic, like, seat of her pants like oh my god i'm doing that you know like yes exactly <clears throat> the rush of all that the will i won't i kind of a, a thing Woo. i i do like so it's like oh me and your boss are gonna go inside in his he's got the air-conditioned office of course not uh-huh. out here mm-hmm. and it's like uh, we're gonna go in there and drink some more whiskey you take the rest of the day off or whatever and like they go <laughs> in the office and pat hitchcock i have to say this i was giving her a little bit of guff but this is a funny line where he's like oh wow <laughs> she goes he was hitting on you. He wasn't hitting on me. Must have seen my wedding ring. Yes. <laughs> yes, I made a joke in my own film about how my own daughter is homely, you see. <laughs> no, me and George are going to go and hang out in here in the AC room and we're going to we're going to read the first pornographic magazine, The Cheeky Broad. <laughs> well, I want to go into George's office. I, I heard he's got air conditioning in there. I heard so much about it. Want to want to see what what all the fuss is about. <laughs> Conditioned air. What? Oh, I thought it would make my hair all oh. soft and silky. <laughs> oh, oh, so it's just it's just cold air. <laughs> it's, it's, why don't they just call it the air cooler? <laughs> what, what what's what, what what's the condition? What what what? Great, is it? Uh, great question, actually. <laughs> how yeah. we landed on conditioner for that device? Uh, I don't know. Also, what am I shampooing cheapskate? there? Well, mm-hmm. what a fucking cheapskate! The uh, the like the rest of the office, yeah. like where the two of them are sitting. Not that much more square footage, you cheap fuck. Yep. Yeah, then you got but that's two units, dude. That's that's two yeah. different units. Sure, that's expensive. And yeah. 1960 but- air conditioner would shake the entire building, <laughs> and that's one less champagne dinner for Lowry if he has that's to get true. that yeah, thing up there. And he, he's not going to allow that shit. So I mean, good on her having this filthy sex and torrid affairs, and then yep. getting all this money and getting out of town. Almost the perfect crime. We also oh, learned that her yeah. sister is out of town for some reason. Like, uh, that's just another a dropped line that Patricia Hitchcock has. Like, oh, your sister called. She'll be out of town all weekend. So it's like, she doesn't even need to say goodbye to anybody. She's just fucking out. Yeah. Yep. We see her packing up her suitcase. And, you know, if you are into reading film semiotics or whatever, like, this wardrobe tells you that she has made the decision because in the previous scene, her undergarments were all white, a.k.a., you know, innocence. Now she's wearing black. Misdeeds mm-hmm. are about to be done or have decided to be done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and oh, you yeah. could someone, I guess, could go off and be like, OK, that's like traditional. That's lame. That's simple. But like, honestly, you get all this decision making and it's pretty potent almost all through images. It's yep. not. And, yes. and like, I don't have to listen to any like you go to a donut shop and you hear about like some friends get from friend friend of a friend getting arrested for something yes. and then decide you're not going to do it or do it like I, that shit's lame like this is actually like making me pay attention to what is in the frame is what's important and they do that and a fucking bernard herman score that is just fucking off the rails already you know well, yeah, what i mean yeah. like the score is just going nuts and beautiful photography yeah i mean you could just make it all silent and i would still love this movie well, so much of this movie is dialogue-free, but at this point, yeah, you're right. Like, she's not standing in the middle of her apartment going, you know what? I'll do it. Yeah, I'll yeah. steal the $40,000. <laughs> that would drive me insane. By the way, the, of the many influences this movie has had, 
uh, many imitators to the throne. I will say one of the great things that it has influenced is uh, the Buster Rhymes classic, Give Me Some More, because that mm. per- that Bernard Herrmann score really gets put to use. Oh, in that. so he sampled that, huh? Uh, yeah, it's just that it's the strings over and over with a, a small jazz sample in between. It's really good. Nice. Uh, that. Oh, I, I, I do can't recall that tune. But I also think that like the this beginning, not unlike uh one of my one not even my most rented movie uh from Blockbuster <laughs> Video from Dust Till Dawn, the beginning before the weird shit happens, yep, totally works as its own movie. Like you know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. you can just watch her go off and like, you know, either have you know, maybe Sam gets involved and you know what I mean? Like there's a whole movie there. Right. It could, could just have, be the straight film noir like yes, it's exactly. set up as a film noir it's and could exactly. continue to be that um and yeah it, it decides to take a left-hand turn into a completely different genre just like that movie does yes uh which i think is fascinating so she gets in the car and this is uh, man i love this the whole like i'm skipping work and oh i saw somebody from work oh this your boss it's the worst fucking thing in the world i'd be like shit 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 <laughs> Absolutely. And it's like, I, you got to be like, I don't know, man. I fucking ran out of toilet paper and I had the shits and I had to go to the <laughs> store and get more. Sorry, Mr. Lowry. Well, well, that's the problem right there is because that's what he has done. He has now forced you to spend at least part of the whatever day you have in front of you having to cook up some fucking story mm-hmm. yes. to him to tell it like, what the fuck? I was out there. Yeah. Like, as you say, like, maybe I had to take a shit. Maybe I had to go get a rotisserie chicken. Who I knows? I had to take a shit in my car in the middle of downtown Phoenix. That, Look, I, I like I like I like the fucking bathrooms at Sotheby's. Okay, <laughs> that would be me though. Like I'd be so nervous about this. You know, you got the forty grand and you see your boss. Like, oh fuck! I'd be like, I'm taking a shit. I need a toilet paper. Like I'm just like screaming in the street from then my you car. Accidentally buy forty thousand dollars worth of toilet paper in the moment. I mean, I think in this scenario, I'd be scared and I'd go right to the bank and be a good boy. Oh yeah, just yeah, just chicken shit out. Yeah, for probably, sure. Probably. Yeah. Anybody try to ever like play hooky and get caught seeing someone uh, out, on the outside where you shouldn't be? School, I, not just work. I I did, but it was from by, by someone uh, at the company I liked and who liked me, so we were fine. Uh, <laughs> so was it, it, it? He was just like, "Oh, hey man," I was like, "Oh hey," and that was it. What were you skipping work for? I just called out sick, even though I wasn't. You had yeah, to yeah. shit. Yeah. Uh, Classic yeah. move. I think I was think seeing a girl. It, That's you know what I mean. It in was, the uh, age of social media, like I think there were a couple times, like er, early on social media, where it was like, yeah, oh, definitely can't come in today. And then like posted about like doing something that night that was <laughs> yeah. totally rocking. And I was yeah. like, oh, wait. That was well, a mistake. Well, that's, I mean, like, thank God I, I, I didn't grow up with social media because then I would post shit like that and you'd get oh, in trouble yeah. immediately and you'd get fucked up. That, that's true. If this movie d- took place from, from 1960, did it now, she would be taking selfies with the money and being like, guess <laughs> who stole $40,000 from her job? Yeah, she'd be posting photos of her lunch, which is just sex. <laughs> <laughs> to her OnlyFans. Yeah. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. Yep. So she, you know, drives on into the night. You know, I love all this driving footage, the score Beautiful. behind it. Um, and, and we don't have the imagined conversations yet, right? Not That's just not, yet. No. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, but she pulls over. It, it's a this movie. I mean, funny enough, you know, the comparison. I mean, this could be. It could have aired as like a multi-part television thing. There's like literally commercial breaks built into it by the yep. use of the the fades to black. This is one of them. You see her like get a little drowsy. And her eyes kind of start to close and fades to black. And it's like, you know, 
Don't, don't. Psycho brought to you by Winchester cigarettes. <laughs> don't say this, Andrew. This is gonna uh, this is gonna end in a Mike Flanagan miniseries of Psycho, <laughs> and I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. I don't think so, Chris, because they already made that abysmal television show. Bates Motel. So, yeah. Oh God, yes. No way. I watched Whew. two episodes of that and checked the fuck out of that motel. No, no, thank you. By the way, uh, very different movie. Uh, honestly, Marion Crane is lucky that she is stabbed in a shower the next night because what could have happened to her sleeping on the side of the highway is way, way worse. Like, <laughs> oh, I will yeah. take getting stabbed in the, in the shower really? by a dude dressed like his own mother as opposed to, I don't even know what, what fucking hellbilly. Hills have eyes. Exactly. <laughs> some hellbilly deluxe so shit. You think that's like, that's an either or. Like, if you have to be murdered in the shower or if you sleep too long on the side of that highway, hellbillies are pulling you out of there. Exactly. Yeah, dude, you're getting fucking T-bone by a Dragula. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you get, you get dragged into the drag of so, back of someone's Dragula and then like, <laughs> you'll be our new mother. God knows what. You know what I mean? Yep. You're yeah, impregnated yeah. with some fucking demon seed. It gets bad <laughs> out there, You folks. know what's funny? You mentioned the Hellbillies and this kind of has that similar vibe of like, you're, too, you're far out of town. Mm-hmm. It's this desolate area and that's where the creeps are. This is sort of like Texas Chainsaw. Earth, yes. Oh, yeah. Almost. Totally. I mean, driving from Arizona, California. I mean, I guess so, but I think what you're probably thinking more. I mean, Dennis Rader was only one man. You know, he, he wasn't <laughs> yeah. an army. Like you can't be everywhere at once. Yeah. Like saying. yeah, <laughs> every parked car isn't going to be attacked by Dennis Rader. Like sure. it's not going to happen. Well, this, this is, is like my, pre. My bad guy. It's pre Zodi too. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 pre Zodi. This is. Right. Ed, Ed Geener bust basically is what we got in the. In the he was, he was too far north for for Marion Crane, unfortunately. Well, uh, I, I I would, but I would definitely pick Ed Geener if I'm gonna get murdered by someone. I want to get murdered by someone who uses my bones for for use. You know, does <laughs> make true. some yeah, good yeah, furniture out of me. That'd yeah, be great. Use the whole cow, kind yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I respect that. the whole buffalo. Yeah, no, it's all parts of the hog. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but some. Cu- some nosy ass cop. She is really giving it to this nosy ass cop. By Good. the way, it's yeah, great. This this T one thousand looking motherfucker yes. banging on the window, man. It's also a weird like he's driving by and then like sees that it's an empty car and it's like a hello and he does a quick like reverse in this car. This bulky ass old nineteen fifties police car, man. This thing well, looks. Yeah. Fucking he probably crazy. just drives out. Like, he sees a woman pass out. Like, oh, another sex crime. Better check it out. <laughs> oh, wait. better check it out. Oh, Dennis didn't get here yet. Damn. <laughs> looks but, uh, like maybe somebody, I can do something. Looks like somebody had lunch for dinner. <laughs> Pull over here. Check this out. The shots of him like shoving his nose into her business is 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 great because it's his nose is so huge in these shots. Yes. Well, it keeps like, yeah, like the close up keeps getting more and more extreme as the conversation gets more intense. And she's got some great lines where she goes, I'm in a hurry and you're taking up my time. Yes. Woof, dude. (laughs) But I love, I love the, the blackness of the glasses though. Yeah. How that, that really defines his personality from the get go. And you get exactly what this character is and is for like the two sequences he's in. Well, she, this is a one-two shot, a one-two punch of Marion fucking this up royally. Yep. Cop wakes you up. You're like, oh my. And she does say like, oh, you know, I, I accidentally, you know, slapped a blah, blah. You got to eat a little shit here, Marion. You just got to be, you got to listen to the lecture and be like, you're totally right, officer. Next time. Oh, 
thank you so much for saving my life. Exactly. You're, you're right. a hero as you drive away. Like, stroke <laughs> yep. this dude's ego. And the way she fucks up with California Charlie, I can't even get, begin. I can't even begin. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. fucking, that's, that, that's preschool shit, Marion. And California Charlie is not the hardest dude you got to deal with. But you fuck it up royally. So, like, yeah, this dude takes her license for, like, two seconds. Gets a look at this license plate, which says anal 709, which is pretty wild. <laughs> that was, uh, it's my old car. Might as well use it. <laughs> yes, my, my personalized plates, anal 709. Hey, Pat, your mom did anal. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he's the ass man. Yes. <laughs> Alma anal, not so different, really. <laughs> Uh, so she does, she speeds off here and this is where we get her driving and she's, it's kind of interesting because like, you know, they read as like, she's thinking about these imagined conversations, you know, what could they be saying about me? But also like, it could be audio ripped directly. I mean, there's so Mm -hmm. like right spot on, you know, like first it's like the, uh, Mr. Mr. Lowell there or whatever the real estate guy, um, and his uh, talking with Carolina. Oh, she didn't come in yet. Oh, I called the house, blah, blah, blah. Yes. All that kind of conversation. And like just that sort of the paranoid thinking is just exacerbated by the only thing you're hearing outside of that, which is. You know, it like music is the driving force in this. I mean, any other kind of score, I feel like the tension is not there. I mean, especially for these kinds of scenes. It'd be great if that music was not, that was diegetic and that that was what she was listening to. You know what? I gotta calm down. This this is not relaxing me. We go to the lesson any way you want. No, right? Yeah, that's the way you need it. Any You're totally right, you though, Steve, about that because there's the part where so when she's like, you know, all right, yeah, have a good day, fuck off, pig. She speeds off, and as soon as she hits the gas pedal, the music kicks back in, yes. and she's back on the road. And it's like, did you just turn the radio back? On? <laughs> yes. What is this tape deck? Also, I just love that like she's getting away from this cop, and the cop is following her for a little bit. And it's like, oh boy, been yes. there. Oh yeah, uh-huh. oh man. Oh, yep. thank, how, thank God. How long am I looking in my my rear view? Exactly. And thank God he gets off at that next exit. But then he follows her somehow again. Yeah, he sure finds does. Her. Gets to California Charlie's and uh, she pulls off here. To... Now, yeah, it's all... see the problem with with Marion's whole plan here is like the timing of everything. Right. Sure. And like this, uh, this urgency that only she has put on the situation. Yeah. Right. The paranoia of like they're right behind me this whole time. And here again with California Charlie, you're rushing this guy. And like, okay. you know. It is the mission of a used car salesperson to keep you at that lot all day and yeah. waste your day and fucking wear you down until uh-huh. you finally agree oh, you to whatever be- bonus things, you know. You won't be having any uh, sex for lunch today. We got to negotiate. <laughs> I love it. He's like, oh, I don't want any trouble. She's like, what the fuck? And he's like, oh, the f- you know what they say? The first customer is always trouble. And she's like, ah, 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 ah. oh, God, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> You know what they say is the first customer always stole $40,000. <laughs> they always say that around the uh, the old uh, car salesman uh, they circuit. They always say the, the old used car salesman routine, you know, the first uh, woman on the lot's probably a thief. Yep. <laughs> um, and so she winds up, you know, she's like, oh, you know, what? And it's, it's a smart move, you know, smart play for crime. You know, you want to trade in. She's looking at the California plates like, that's probably part of it. You know, you got these Arizona plates. You got some California plates. I'll be smooth, good to go. But 
I mean, I don't know how it worked in 1960. That's not how license plates work. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you know, like you just don't buy a car and it's like, here are the license plates that come with that car. I mean, um, maybe I mean, it, it is different back then. I don't know. I mean, it is. I mean, this switch is as I mean, like they he milks it for everything. Like the the slow process of like, well, don't slow down here, lady. But yeah. like. Yeah. The, to your I point, love, first love, time the customer ever high pressured the salesman. Yeah. Because and the thing he keeps saying is like, "Well, don't you want to take it for a test drive?" And it's like, the answer is yes. Like, yes, I would love to take it for a test drive, right. California Charlie. That's fucking a great idea. You know what I mean? I take like, it around. It's in, just like he's just like, "What people are trying to offer me money? What? What's this now? No, that's not right." I don't need $700, lady. Don't be shoving $700 in my hand. <laughs> but she, he does, she looks like drug money at this point because he's like, oh, uh, he, he even asked, like, you do have uh, the paperwork to say that you own this car, yep. right? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? He's, he's getting, getting wise a little bit. Again, and like this is where, like, Marion, you need to sniff this out better, right? Because he says that line, and instead of being like, Oh, of course. Let me, you know, whatever. She's mm -hmm. like, yes, all the paperwork's in order. You yes. fucking hillbilly. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. the, to the tone in her voice is, you fucking hillbilly. Like, for all of this. And then the fucking cop pulls up. And at that point, you absolutely have to acquiesce to the test drive. Mm -hmm. This yes. fucking cop's crossing the street. He's about to start sticking his nose uh, in this business or whatever. I, I don't know, ma'am. You're looking awfully like one of them dealers of that uh, wild caught cocaine. Not, <laughs> not not the cocaine you used to get from the medicine store. No, no, mm. no. The stuff that you got to go and snort in nightclubs and jazz clubs and <laughs> cigarette bars. Yeah, not the stuff Mr. Gower was selling. Oh, <laughs> yes. no. Yeah, not, not Mr. Gower's legal heroin. Yes. But she's like, well, how much is it going to cost? You know, just straight up, you give. I, I take this car, you take that car. And it's like, uh, that plus seven hundred dollars, fine cash, good. He's like, I guess so. Could, could I have asked for more? <laughs> yeah, well, he's <laughs> personally insulted that she doesn't fight him on the. Yes. Like, no haggling. Why am I alive? I gotta be honest. <laughs> I don't think I've ever haggled in my entire life. I don't think I. I I'm not a haggler. Like you tell me what the price is, I'll say okay. I, I've I avoided mean, it. Like, yes, you avoid yeah. it at all costs. Why would I want to yep. do that? You know, here's here's how little I enjoy haggling. Quick story. Uh, the last time we were in San Francisco, just back this past May, um, I got super high and I went to Alcatraz. Nice. And on the way back, uh, you know, a little hungry. There's a fella right by the, the ferry exit selling hot dogs. So I go up and I'm like, yeah, you know, one hot dog, please. And it looked like with the works and everything looked real great. And as I'm like waiting for the dude to tell me how much it is, like I pull out a 10 and I'm holding it and I go, how much is, you know, how much for the hot dog? And he goes, he look, he literally, he looks at my hand holding the bill and goes $10. <laughs> and like, you coming. sure, I was, I, I was fucking baked as a cake, but <laughs> I knew in that, in, through all of the haze in that moment, I knew that's bullshit. And then proceeded to exchange a ten dollar bill for a single hot dog and walked away. Wow! Because I just I did not want to be dealing with like 
that's not how much it costs. Wait, you know, right? Because I mean? then you, if you like, oh, you get three dollars or four dollars back instead, but now you've wasted time talking to this fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Why not just walk away? Ten dollars a hot dog. They don't put bourbon in it or nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, do they have like truffle jelly inside it or something? Like something special? Or it had some fried onions on it. And, <laughs> right. You know, ketchup and mustard. Not okay. really anything. Huh. No, nowhere close to ten dollars of that's, value. That, that sounds like a five dollar dog. That sounds like <laughs> I would I would be okay yep, yep. with being being. Uh, I would purchase that for five dollars. Now all these months later, I'm looking back. I realize what I should have said was I didn't want three of them. <laughs> see what he says there. Smart, Next time smart. we're out there, let's roll up on this guy. Yeah, yeah. Fine. Oh, track I, him dude, down. I'd love to exact revenge on that guy. Put oh, him in the rock. That'd be amazing. Break but his that legs. Thievery. Now Marion's driving away, and now she's imagining. Like what the cop is talking to California Charlie. California yeah. Charlie reprises first time I ever seen the 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 customer high pressure the salesman. Huh. Yeah. You hear that? <laughs> hey, one more time. I'll get I'll get you what it's a good line. I like it. So I'm gonna keep using it. Uh and then uh he ima- she imagines my favorite thing is like back at the office, the the guy, the the, the money man, the oil Cassidy. man or whatever. Cassidy is just like and if I can't find that money, I'll take it out of her tender flesh. Nice. Yes. Yeah, yep. dude. It says, pinhead? Uh, Is he pinhead? <laughs> no, that means I get to have lunch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, right. shit, dude. He goes, uh, I ain't about to kiss off $40,000. Yes. And what's awesome about this is in this moment, it's the kiss off $40,000. And, you know, the guy's like, you checked with the bank. No. And all this stuff. And as she's imagining this lecherous creep that was like sexually harassing her the day yes. before, getting so pissed off about this, Janet Lee, I mean, it's so perfect. Yeah. Just this like gentle smirk starts coming yes. across her face. Fuck. That's, she's just like, yeah, fuck you, Cassidy. Ooh. Yes. Uh-huh. Her her sister, this uh, this little, uh, all these imagined conversations, uh, or, or I mean, real uh I don't know if the, I mean that's what's cool about him is that you don't yeah. know what what if she's imagining or this is actually what's happening. But like what I love is they reveal how low rent the store Lila works for is. It's a, a music store called the Music Makers Music Store. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like a- anything you don't want to call it Lila's Music Hut or anything like that. Come in the Music out. Makers Music Store. We're selling bongos <laughs> for three quarters of the price of regular bongos. Going back to school and your child needs a recorder for music class? Come on down to Lila's Music Emporium. <laughs> Look at all of our huge music. books of written music that they could learn to read someday. <laughs> music Makers Music Store. Now buy one piano seat. Get the second one at the exact same price. We can't afford to give them away for cheaper. Music Makers Music Store. We're just down the street on Johnson Avenue from the Dildo Factory. (laughs) Now that's a business. Don't mind the rust on these saxophones. They'll still (laughs) blow you away. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There it is. Uh, I do like also this in this like. Well, it's weird because I sort of lean towards it's imagined because of the smirk. Yeah, but then also this dude, and she could have imagined this too, because like it's a logic thread you could follow of this guy. Like you hear Cassidy's voice being like, "And of course she was hitting on me. She was yeah. flirting with me, or uh-huh. you know." 
Just she grabbed my cock. <laughs> I swear to God. Speaking of, we were talking about it's wonderful life a little bit earlier. He was Sam Wainwright in that. Oh, oh piece okay. of shit. What, uh, who's Sam Wainwright? One of the high school buddies. Yeah, that goes away and makes it big or whatever. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, of course. Er, er, Sam Wainwright. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Same actor, Frank Albertson. Yeah. You're, um, you're lucky, Lowry, that I didn't sue you for sexual harassment when she was trying to stroke me off the other day. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, uh, Sam, it's me, uh, George. You got that $40,000 you promised? Wait, what? <laughs> oh, no, it's happening again. <laughs> you know what? No, no, I really wish I was never born. This is fucking bullshit. Oh, hey, Mary, the town's going to want me dead again. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently some tart. Stole forty thousand dollars from Sam Wainwright. No, you don't understand. No. If you if you don't live, then this, this woman won't be stabbed to death by this guy in the shower. <laughs> Look at all the good you've done by being alive. Uh, so yeah, she's driving along, having these thoughts. The rain starts coming down hard, mm-hmm. and what do we see? Off in the distance, ooh, a neon light for the Bates Motel, and yes, they have vacancy. Mm-hmm. Oh. Now, here's the thing. Just a little like safety tip out there for all you, you know, you, you, you road warriors and whatnot, like to drive long distances and whatever. If you find yourself at a roadside motel, and obviously some are better quality than others, but if you're in the middle of the night, you find yourself at a roadside motel and you go in the front office and no one's at that front desk. Just get back in your car and drive away. Yep. Mm -hmm. There could be a history of violence happening. Yes. You don't know. (laughs) Uh, Oh, oh, well, I just, I want to, maybe the flip of that. If you're a bargain hunter, (laughs) why don't you just go into one of these rooms, kick down the door? They're weak. They haven't been, you know, they're not up to code, probably. These are shitty looking doors. You're right. You you can get right in there. You get a free night's sleep. You don't have to pay the $5. Uh, But she, she looks up at the house and sees uh, the shadow of what appears to be a little old lady or maybe a Kevin McAllister Christmas party <laughs> yes, passing yes. by the window. It's either a little old lady or Michael Jordan. One of <laughs> Just off, oh my off, <laughs> off in the diff- distance. Hey, Santa Claus. Hey, Santa Claus. Hey, Santa Claus. We are very close, or we're getting close to Christmas, because uh, what is it? The beginning of the movie, we're told that yeah, it is... December 11th. December the 11th. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. December the 11th. Mm-hmm. Friday the Nothing 13th. happened that day. No. <laughs> oh. But uh, immediately Norman Bates uh, and comes out. She, she starts talking the horn like, come on, let's fucking figure this shit out. She's laying on this horn, man. Yeah. Uh, and he comes down and man, fucking Perkins, just from like the first frame of him in this movie, you're like, yep, this is great. This is, I, a character. this is a fully realized character. I, I love that Anthony Perkins gave uh, David Byrne the entire idea for his wardrobe. I think that's <laughs> phenomenal. I mean, it's really good stuff. He's just so unassuming and nice and like boyish and charming and yes. nerdy. Like it's all there. Mm-hmm. Like I think there's a point when like he's he won't even say the word bathroom because he's a little uncomfortable by it. Oh, you know yeah. what I, I mean? This guy has lunch for lunch. What a loser. <laughs> oh, dude, this guy's never had sex for lunch or no, sex for breakfast. Not at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he's just having these disgusting uh, mayonnaise and cheese sandwiches that we yeah. see them eating in a minute. <sighs> 1960s no, food, man. No, thank you. 
Absolutely not. But uh, yeah, we're told uh, 12 rooms, 12 vacancies. <laughs> like his, the nervous <laughs> yes. little laugh that he has <laughs> is so great. I'm going out of business. <laughs> it's, uh, it's all going downhill. Like, I'm rotting away. Family business. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, destroyed by capitalism. <laughs> yeah, that's the highway. <laughs> How do you move a highway? Can you just move a highway, folks? What the fuck? Yeah, you can, apparently. Yeah. Usually they do it through black communities and bulldoze them. That's usually what happens. That's right. Um, but but yeah, well, something about they, they, well, they built, yeah, they built a new highway, I think is the idea. So uh, I, I do love, you know, he's like, oh yeah, you can send your friends a letter. They've got a Bates Motel stationery. Make your friends jealous. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't murder you, by the way. No, just, just don't he's let my great. polite chuck. It's, it's, it's so, so good. good. It's like that, it's like between charming and scary, like, or, or, or too yeah. awkward, you know? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, only a creep of some sort would ha- would say the term fancy umbrella like that. <laughs> like that's I, I would he's on the scale somewhere, but it might be towards the charming end. It's it's great, too, because it's like uh, apparently in the book, uh, Norman was short, fat and old like in his late 40s, like an old kind of grizzled. He was like, you know, unappealing. And then Hitchcock was like, no, let's make him kind of like a cute young boyish guy that is really affable and right. you know you you kind of root for him because uh, because he cared so much about the twist at the end like you know what i mean and, I, and it, it's it's painstakingly obvious and obviously we don't we all know what the twist is but i think it, it it's one of those great twists because it the movie doesn't lose a beat when you know what it is That's it actually, true. you know what i mean it's just sort I, of it's just as good i kind of yeah. wish this is one of those movies i wish i could see opening night in 1960 yes. and see yeah. what that was like it's sort of like planet of the apes there's mm-hmm. a thousand other movies that i could say the same thing about but this one especially that's one of the things i was curious about did anyone get to see this movie without having it ruined through pop culture osmosis no, no. pop no. culture definitely definitely yeah. let me know what was what the score was by the yeah. time i did see this yeah. L- looney tunes or tiny tunes or whatever the fuck, <laughs> yes. like ruined it for me years before i saw this movie uh, uh, yeah. 100 uh, yeah i mean 100 different i mean they they talked about this in everything even the i mean the 90s brought it back up i think a mm-hmm. lot i mean uh, but to to the point about the original description like i love anthony perkins in this role but seeing like Ernest Borgnine <laughs> oh. as it's that that might be interesting. There might be something to that. I don't know. Twelve rooms, be- twelve vacancies. <laughs> <laughs> I jerked off in all of them. <laughs> the is that it's like, is what is his mother ten thousand years old? Yes. <laughs> well, it'll be a nineteen sixty Ernest yeah, Borgnine. Yeah, it's see. not too bad. What, what, what was she? Five thousand years old. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's changed to sheets Monday, even though no one's in there. I don't like rooms getting damp. <laughs> he's don't right. you hate damp sheets? <laughs> I mean, he's he's taking care of the place. He seems like a great guy. He does. He does. Uh, Sometimes you know, I drink so much that I piss the bed in my sleep. Talk about <laughs> damp sheets. <laughs> well, that was another thing. Apparently, he was also an alcoholic in the book. And I mean, again, like the that fact that he's sense. like, he's just like a, a milk toast, totally like, Again, afraid to say the word bathroom, like is attracted to Marion. And like, I don't think that she's necessarily attracted to him, but she is put at ease by him because he is so she's unassuming. She's not, yeah, she's yeah. not threatened by him. Like, if no. anything, she's like, yeah, this guy's a little bit of a weirdo, mm-hmm. but he's harmless. He's less harmless than the rich Texan that I stole this $40,000 exactly. from. Um, and the other thing about the the casting, like, yeah, Chris, to your point, I think it would be interesting to see 
if it was cast more like book age appropriate or whatever. But what this does, because this was like, this was the horror movie that like in, in Hollywood, it comes out and it's like now the monster in the monster movie is a person. Mm-hmm. And how fucked up is that? And so yep. like, I feel like with the cat, you you want to send that out. That's part of like what you're doing with this movie. Norman, normal man. That's like Hitchcock's yeah. thinking in all of this. So if you want to make the monster a human, the best, most effective way to do it is make him like this all-American boy kind of guy. If right. you get closer to Ernest Borgnine, where it's like, maybe he's kind of disgusting or lecherous or whatever, then you're kind of like, well, I get it. But it's more yeah. surprising that it's just like, very very good boy with his very soft spoken voice and whatever and, and I'm sure you know Hitchcock read the book oh of course the villain is a big fat guy <laughs> uh, I'm so sick of that turn so yes. many people think I'm a huge creep just because I wa- I'm waiting for the Baconator to be invented <laughs> I, I must speak to my satanic majesty <laughs> Domino's is making tater tot pizzas oh I must must have one now. Oh. Uh, but yeah, so he, he takes her to cabin one and he's shown around. Then this is where he's like, and the, uh, ah. Like <laughs> yeah. He just cannot say bathroom. It gives him like a little tingle in his weenie. Mm-hmm. If he says bathroom in front of a pretty lady, I guess. So he just sort of hilariously gestures toward the door. And but this is like, yeah. Kind of, he's kind of an operator here because he's like, you know, Oh, you know, the, you're not gonna. You're, he talks talks about a diner that's like four miles up the road, but he's like, you're not gonna drive in this. Why don't I come back? We'll we'll eat. Uh, we'll, he says, you come up to the house and we'll yes, have dinner yes. together. Yep. Yes, and and, he's, and right here, dude, this is oh man, food in the middle of the 20th century, just awful. He's like, yeah, I was just about to make some dinner. Nothing special, just some sandwiches and milk. I was like, well, no, you're having fucking lunch for dinner. What are you doing? <laughs> no, Enough. Well, lunch is supposed to be sex and dinner is supposed <laughs> to be sandwiches and milk, I guess. Mm-hmm. My God. But yes, it is disgusting. Just constantly just chugging milk. Everyone. It, Always. Morning, noon and night. We're just drinking milk with things unless it's alcohol. Yeah. And then, you, then you have got a problem, apparently. Well, <laughs> what I love about this is uh, he goes up there and like Marion goes into uh, her room, starts getting things together, starts putting the pa- uh, the money in the paper thing. But from her window, she can hear like, does does Norma Bates have a PA system outside of her house? Is she holding a microphone <laughs> yes. at all times? Because she can hear, she can very clearly hear their conversation about her coming to dinner at the house and like, what does uh, Norma say? Like, do you have the guts, boy? Uh-huh. Oh, What's and the- after dinner, what then? Music and whispers, whispers and music. <laughs> well, he's like, Mother, she's a stranger. She's like, oh, so apparently men don't find strangers arousing. Is that it, boy? <laughs> oh, your cheap erotic girl with their cheap erotic minds. It's just, it's just, it's just another it's a an old uh voice actress you know what I mean with this great old lady voice and I mean like my question is and I, I don't care really to the answer but I will say is this cheating is because this is kind of a cheat right like this is well, not I guess it's not Anthony Perkins doing this voice well but you can't have him do that because no, then it, it fucking it, gives it away it exactly keeps, no, but it keeps the twist alive for sure yeah, yeah. yeah well this was um this was the actress Virginia Gregg who. She wound up doing 
the voice again in Psycho 2 and Psycho 3. But speaking of Twilight Zone, Steve, she's in the episode Masks. She's oh, nice. one of the shitty family members in the Masks episode that was indeed directed by Ida Lupino, one of the co-stars of last week's episode, uh, The Devil's Reign. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. So how about that? Fantastic. But it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I do like it because it actually, like, again, like up till the end, Hitchcock wants you to believe that there is an old lady in that house. Yes. Oh, yeah. Whether, yeah. whether she's a ghost, whether she's uh, alive, whether she's whatever, there is some old lady in that house that is not Norman Bates. He really wants to drive you to that. I, I mean, if they didn't like that, it's it sucks now thinking that because I know the what the ending is. But sure. like, if if Norman is coming back down to to tell to tell Marion about uh, dinner, and you just hear over the PA, "Hell, that slut! I won't eat with her. <laughs> <laughs> just you, you tell her, Norman. I won't have it." I heard about this new thing. It's called hepatitis C, and I'm not catching it, Norman. I can smell the used rubbers from here. <laughs> oh, sure, Norman. Bring your trash erotic girl up here. Then the house will be filled with crabs. <laughs> I saw That's what that- you'd like, wouldn't it, you pervert? I saw that pointy bra. Your eyes are going to be out of your head, Norman. <laughs> Those bazoomgas. <laughs> I saw them. Oh, yes, I caught sight of those rockin' titas from up here. (laughs) You naughty boy. And the ass is nothing to write home. Well, actually, it is, but still. (laughs) On further inspection, that ass won't quit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so she has a dump truck. Okay, I admit it. You could write home about it on the Bates Motel stationery and make all your friends jealous of that juicy ass. Uh, you want to eat her ass, don't you, Norman? <laughs> no, Marion, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to my son, who is going to tell you that I won't eat with a slut. Wash down that ass with a big old honking glass of milk. <laughs> oh, good God. <laughs> Uh, oh, so but, he brings this delicious dinner back down to the hotel. And he's like, haha, that was awkward. You probably heard that. And mm-hmm. why don't we eat? You know, he even said, like, he's too afraid to eat in her room. Like, she, she's like, come into my room. We'll eat. And he knows that the bed is there and he just can't do it. So he's like, why don't we come into my creepy bird parlor really quickly? Yeah. Well, um, I can, yes. uh, you know, uh, never uh, eat with a boner. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, uh, whole- tell, let me tell you a little bit about uh, stuffing birds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and never did it himself. Well, well, other than these ones in here. Mm-hmm. But holy crow. I mean, now this is like, this is good, right? This is like building towards that ending of like, yeah, yeah. dude, he's pre- he, he preserves his mother as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's kind of funny, right? Because he says right here, he's like, oh, I only, um, I only stuff birds. I don't like stuffing beasts or whatever. I feel like it's... Beasts. Because he he preserved his mother yes. as well as possible, and it didn't go according to plan. And he was like, "Well, that's the last beast I'll try to stuff." <laughs> yeah, it's birds. <laughs> birds from here on out. These are good looking birds. You got some owls in there. You Beautiful. know, they're all mm-hmm. great. Great work. Uh, I do. This scene's great because it it plays out. You know, again, he's being really sweet and nice, and you know, ah, shucksy. She's put off by the taxidermy, but like again, she's at ease. But he does have like all these incel red flags that are fantastic, which is like 
One which like totally turns her off immediately because he's like, she's like, oh, you know, like, what do you ever go out with friends? He's like, you know, boy's best friend is his mother. And he, he looks at her with both like erotic charge, but also a little disdain. And it's just like, I bet you've never had an empty moment in all of your life. Like, it's this weird, like, you're a pretty girl and whatever, whatever you want, you get, don't you? It's, <laughs> well, a, it's a weird vibe that he brings. Right. It, it is. So vibe, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, but like, it's all because it, there's also the wondering in his brain, like, does she under, does she understand how weird it is that I said that about <laughs> yeah. the, a mother a mother and her boy and like yeah. the the other what's the lover line like a uh, uh, the a, uh, a boy a son, it, a son is a poor excuse for a lover or something it's poor uh, substitute poor substitute for a lover yeah yeah that is like I, I, you would be inching your way out of the room if you heard that <laughs> line sincerely shared <laughs> like just I know it's 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 kind of supposed to be a joke but still the fact that you know it like hmm. He's laid laid some exposition that like, oh, yeah, my mother, there was a man uh, that came around here. He convinced her to build this hotel. My father died when I was very young. And uh, that guy died about 10 years ago. And, you know, that's uh, but, uh, you know, a son is a poor excuse is a poor substitute for a lover. (laughs) 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 Are you still hungry? I would never want to fuck my mother. I mean, that would be so disgusting. And I mean, fuck her back when she was in her 30s, for sure. That was hot. What? uh, (laughs) Back when she looked like Vera Farmiga. What? <laughs> What's a Vera Farmiga? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, can I interest you in more cheese and mayonnaise and milk? Oh, uh, dude, <laughs> this fucking sandwich. And then, like, and the other thing, too, is like he forces her to make her own sandwich. This dude uh, didn't make dinner for that's anybody. That's true. Yeah. He brings like a sandwich bar, essentially. You know, well, yes. you know, I can kind of appreciate that. You know, maybe I don't want all like. If he puts a ton of cheese on it or something, you know, yeah, maybe she's my own. There's pastrami on there. She doesn't want it. You know what I mean? She's going just for the cheese. Oh, he put turkey on my cheese and mayonnaise sandwich. That's disgusting. (laughs) It's Uh, just awful. And like the whole conversation starts with the you eat like a bird, which is great because before she makes the sandwich, she does just eat one slice of bread by picking at it. And then it's like, oh, gee, I better make a sandwich. Uh, well, she's got like a real Midwest charcuterie going here. Like it's Wonder Bread <laughs> and like Bologna yeah. and like Oscar Mayer turkey, not the real oh, stuff. No, 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 no. Government the, cheese, the yes. wet shit, the oh. wet shit, the package. You know, you know that tur- that slippery turkey they have out there Ew. in the oh, grocery dude. stores. Yep. Yuck. It's um, not. It's not Hellman's mayonnaise. It's Hillman's. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh, I, I love this conversation where it starts to. He's like, uh, I think she, who mentions the idea of, I think he does. We're, we're all in our own little traps. You know what I mean? We all find ourselves in our yeah. own little traps. I was born in mine. And then she's like, you know, I'm also, she, you know, again, she's like, I'm a person. I have it in her life. Like I was, I too, you could, you might be shocked, but I'm also in a trap. You know what I mean? Like, right. Well, it's interesting. Cause like this whole conversation with this already uh, quite fluent murderer, mm-hmm. uh, we learned that. You know, by the end, before he mar- before he murders Marion, he's already killed at least four people. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is where we're at, and this guy, is, he convinces her. Like the end of the conversation, she's ready to drive back to Phoenix and give this money. Right? Back. Yes, it's, it's like pretty I cool. talked to this fucking weirdo for six minutes, and I, I decided to turn my life around because I don't want to be in some sort of continuous trap like this guy's living in. But but as you said, Andrew, this is this is presaged also by imagery because 
when she gets the uh, new car from California Charlie uh, and needs to uh, also gets her bag and coat in a last minute ditch from California Chris. Um, <laughs> uh, the license plate goes from black to white. Uh, she, oh, yeah, Arizona plate oh, nice. is Arizona and their California one are white. Oh, uh, interesting. Uh, so like cool. they, they, they do double. He's, I mean, he's a master of doing stuff like that. Paralleling things. Um, then, but he's, you know, he's like talking about the mother and everything. And he gets into like, oh, you know, she's ill. And then, you know, cause she says something like, oh, I caused you an awful lot of trouble up there. And he's like, no, she's ill. And, and Marion says, oh, well, she seemed pretty strong. And it's kind of interesting because he goes, no, no, she's ill. Like meaning yeah. like mental problems, but like we don't, yeah. we just don't talk about that stuff. Right. So she's ill, but she's ill, ill. You know what I mean, Marion? She's ill. So why don't you just put Ill. her someplace? Like what? The madhouse? <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's what like really sets him off. Right? Put, that's what we want to do with ill people. We just want to put them away, put them away. And nobody's ever going to see him again. Do you have ever have you ever been in one of those places? All the, all the people looking at you, like again, he's presaging that <laughs> right. he definitely the laughing been... and the tears and the cruel eyes studying you. Yeah, oh. not that I've ever, uh, or so I would imagine. <laughs> yes, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and it brings us to like that rage or whatever. As as the the rage wave crests, we get the line, uh, you know, that was mentioned again in the scream and we play it in the spooktacular soundtrack but she says you know he says in reference to the mother she's not a maniac she just goes a little mad sometimes dot 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 we all go a little mad sometimes fucking great and in, like it, this is the line that i think like unlocks mary and she's like yeah you're right norman we all do i just happen to go a little mad taking yeah. this money and now i gotta leave this shit ass dinner get some sleep and go drive back to Phoenix in the morning. And I just know they're not going to send me to jail. They're not going to send me to jail. I, I give it back, and then I don't go to jail. Please, I got please. lost trying to find the bank. <laughs> Wait, the, oh. Did you mean the bank in Fairvale, California, or did you mean the bank up the street? Because I wanted to go to the one in... Oh, okay. No. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Oh, oh the local branch. Okay. I was going to HQ. Uh, I was, I was taking it right to the top. The one in Fairview, you know, it's got the better lollipops at the <laughs> yeah. at the register. Mm -hmm. They have the dum dums there. I love those. <laughs> and oh, a free hell pen yeah, too. Now I'm curious. In her mind, you know what I mean. Uh, she's you know she's now uh, gone back to uh, she's she's gonna give the money back. She's gonna yeah. like, face the music. Is she going to go back to California, Charlie, and get that old car back, try to make it whole again? Ooh, yeah, like, get, get that seven hundred. Get those seven back. bills back? No, I don't think so, because I feel like that's what she's doing at the desk, like 40000 minus 700 bucks or whatever. This is what's left. Yeah. Uh, and this is what I, you know, this is also, like, what I put down for the hotel room. She's, like, adding up all the shit, like, this is what I'm going to have to make up. And give yeah. back to this Cassidy guy. I, I, the I, idea. I'll make up the those seven hundred dollars at the Cassidy Cat House. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you'll make it up to me, girl. Oh, oh, oh yeehaw! You will make it up to me. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna put that ass to work. Mm -hmm. That soft flesh was it? He said. soft flesh. He does say. It. By the way, oh six seven hundred bucks. That's about seventy three hundred dollars that she's got to come up with. Well, that's a lot of money. Today, not lying yeah. around. That's for sure. 
Um, that, don't ask that fucking shit heel Sam about it. Like, I'll, I'll give you a fucking sob story about his ex-wife. Yeah, yeah well, it's, it's certainly asshole. not in the back of that hardware store. You're not going to find $700 back there, I'll tell you what. I can but, give you seven rakes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but she yeah, she goes to the other room. And she, Peep show time. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. Oh, dude! Yeah, he's got the he's got he, he's got the picture and the and it's it just so like the peeping is so visually interesting. You know what I mean? Like yes. it's it's so much yeah. more about him as opposed to what he sees. You know? Yeah. The camera is like the extreme close up on his eyeball more than it is on her yeah. taking it off, getting ready for this bath. Right. That was a thing that I don't like. I I remember thinking like the the Van Sant was like whatever, yeah. but. What I really disagreed with was in that movie. Yes, they make the overt confirmation, like norm, like Vince Vaughn is just jerking off. Yeah, oh, okay. and it's who, who, like he's really going uh-huh. for it. And I'm like, come on, like, you know what I mean? I forget. Is there an, even an animated like zipper down sound in the background? There's a cartoon ah. opening that comes. Out. <laughs> His pant, his pant fly opens, and an animated cat and an animated cow come out. Well, and they start then, fighting each other. Then how is this your grand experiment of doing a, a shot-for-shot remake, Mister Von Sant? If fucking Vince Vaughn's spitting on his hand, how does that work? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the, it's the same shot composition, Steve. He exactly. just did something different this, within a, it. Different and soundscape. Also, also uh-huh. in the second hour, it veers off when him and Norma. Go to a gala in matching blue and orange tuxedos. <laughs> uh, uh, I would I would watch Psycho and Psychoer. That'd be a great movie. <laughs> uh, but similar it's, it's, plot with just running off with money. Sorry. Yeah, it's true. She's gonna come back. She's gonna go back to her job and like. Nope, right there is better than money. It's an IOU. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, private investigator Milton Abergast looking for uh, Miss Samsonite. <laughs> what was written on the suitcase. Um, so you see him. He kind of, after this uh, little sesh here, he puts the painting back on the wall and he goes up to the house. And this is the first time you see the interior of the house. And it's just like a hallway, like straight yeah. shot into the kitchen table. And he sits down there and he's kind of thinking, eh, am I going to go kill this girl? What am I going to do here? Mm. Or am I going to go upstairs? He probably he should go in the mirror and be like, you're going to go upstairs. Uh-huh. You're going to jerk off. And that's all you're going to do. <laughs> I Do you know what they call a uh, a cheese and mayonnaise sandwich <laughs> in France? No, garbage. <laughs> a garbage with cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ameri- American pig slop is the <laughs> Uh I do love uh, apparently so like she, it's a very important plot point she tears up this note of you know the, the math that she was doing with the $40,000 right. and flushes it and apparently this is probably one of the first toilets ever sh- shown on film because of the Hays Code and all that stuff well they just because- invented it too <laughs> no they had <laughs> toilets but apparently it was just so Oh my, you can't show a toilet to fill. Do you, yeah. do you know what people do in there? <laughs> Have you any idea? <laughs> and then cut to Jeff Daniels 33 years later, <laughs> taking a huge diarrhea on that. Oh, thing. Man, right? totally. Like Hitchcock crawled so Jeff Daniels could <laughs> shit. I, I don't know if what your guys' uh, history of seeing that movie was. I watched my father almost have a heart attack laughing when Jeff Daniels. Is spewing shit out of his ass. Oh, sure. In that, in that, in that mm-hmm. scene, nearly I died. Think the, 
the first time I saw Dumb and Dumber, I think I was alone. I think I just ran into oh, really? VHS and watched it by myself. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, it was similar. in theater. I, it was oh. a riotous in theater. Oh, like, people really? really? were going fucking crazy. Wow. Well, with the, well, that diarrhea. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. that's that's what Marion does here right now. She, she had the cheese sandwich. She's just fucking <laughs> ripping ass. <laughs> oh, my. It's going right through me, that cheese and mayonnaise sandwich. You were going to have to do the protagonist switch anyway because of the diarrhea, not the, just the stabbing. One way <laughs> yes. or another, we had to switch. I was expecting a diarrhea. It's just all the farts. My God. So, you know, the shower scene. One of the most famous scenes. It's great. You know, ever. It's wonderful. Love that still eye, the spiral with the drain. Sure. I got to be honest. I, I know it's coming. I still, I didn't like jump like, holy shit. I'm, it's a brand new movie and I didn't know it was coming. But I jumped a little. Like you do like the, the, the quick, you know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. the, the shower curtain, the noise, the sound design, all of it. It's just, it's effective. You know, fucking 50 something, 60 years really, later. It really, really is. I'll tell you, it doesn't make me jump, but when that when the door opens, because it just opens at such a it's, total like silence. it's not yeah. it's not too yeah. quick, but it's not too slow, and mm-hmm. it's no there's no creaking sound. I just like my heart sinks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know what's coming, and here's this door, and it's like oh. Fuck. I, I don't know. We're, I mean, it's, it's what, uh, almost 50 years away from this fucking movie at this point? Or what? I, I don't even have the count on me right now. But uh, like 63 six, years old. 63 again? years old at this. I don't know if I've heard more like effective stab noises. Like yep. the, the, the very bluntness of this and like the yeah. feeling like it, because you focus on the activity, like the motion and the sound so like specifically. You actually get the effect. You're feeling yes. it in that moment rather than just like cut, cut, cut and slash noise, slash noise, slash noise. And that's it. Or even like a Tom Savini, like a great like, whoa, the knife is really getting in there. Like yeah, your yeah, yeah. mind is doing so much math to yes. know. Like, Oh, yeah. And it's it's it's, you know, the, you know, people have said like, oh, man, the blood seemed so red when I saw it. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's in black and white, but it's just it's it's in it's it's operating at a level subliminally almost. Right. Another, I believe it's been said that this is Hershey's chocolate syrup for the blood here. I believe yeah. so, yes. And do you think it, that uh, that was just Sir Al's uh, private stash doing some shots <laughs> in the back? No, you can't borrow some from my ice cream trolley. Go to the store and get your own. This is the special reserve they only give to knights. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not a knight yet. I, I know be. the future. <laughs> Listen, I'm not. And also, when uh, when she gets out of the shower, leave me be with the shower for a little bit with all the chocolate sauce on the floor. Oh yeah, dude. They oh, don't yeah. call me Alfred Mopcock for nothing. <laughs> Daddy's going to need a spray down after he gets into the syrup. Oh my god, him just covered in liquid chocolate. Mm-hmm. Here's a, a question. I think about this every time I watch this movie. I I should say I probably watch this movie at least once a year. Oh nice. Um it just I, I've seen it a dozen times or more easy. Um but one of the things that always strikes me about this, because I'm not this way, and I, I would guess some people are, um, do you guys get in the shower and turn the water on while you're standing right under it? No, or, no, 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 no. Ne- never. never. Right? Never. You got to give it a little bit to get to the temperature you want. You want a yeah. blast of ice cold water? Absolutely not. 
Uh, right on your what, balls. That's what that's, happens here. Mm-hmm. Janet Lee turns that uh, shower on right there. She's getting blasted no, in the tits with it. I need to adjust that until it's the temperature of fresh milk. Nice hot little pissy <laughs> temperature. Ooh, yeah. Nice creamy shower you want to take. <laughs> oh, yeah. Would, that's the thing. That's the next innovation. <laughs> Is creamy it's, showers, chunky and garden style vegetable Eric, showers, <laughs> wedding, Eric, wet, Italian wedding soup, minestrone uh, style. Eric, yes. is this what you told the contractors when they're putting the water heater in your house? <laughs> I need the cow piss temperature in the shower. They couldn't okay? figure it out. They're fucking oh, damn amateurs. It. Fucking Tons amateurs. <laughs> I was always um, fascinated by the fact that, like, Mrs. Bates, quote, uh, doesn't stick around to make sure the job was finished. Yeah. Like, totally just books out of there. And speaking of the sound, Chris, um, I think the most disturbing sound in the whole thing is after the stabbing is done. The sound that they put in for her body slumping onto mm-hmm. the floor like just a sack of meat. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it just sounds like you literally dropped a bag of steaks on the floor. Like you turned a, ba- a big bag over and steak fell out and hit the floor. Or like, ground pork or something because and it's just it's interesting because it's like yeah when you're dead that's all uh, you are it's just a fucking sack well that that's the thing is if this was Fulci's psycho then we would actually uh. get uh, <laughs> it would be a body that would turn into a bunch of steaks right, when it fell see, on the ground you see the hamburger helper <laughs> on the floor <laughs> but i mean like I mean, to eric's point like think about that audience fucking opening night 1960 these people hadn't even seen a fucking toilet yet. They're like, oh my God, that <laughs> I can't believe you showed a toilet. Like, Martha, we have to leave. There's a toilet on the screen. Like, no, no, it'll get better. And then this woman <laughs> gets ripped apart in a way that no one was expecting and no one was, you know, I, I can't even imagine the reaction. Yeah. Eleanor, Eleanor, do you see that toilet? I've never been so aroused in my life. <laughs> uh, let's get home and fuck. I saw a toilet. Sissy's a toilet. Well, cinema is dead. You saw it. You saw it. No, I think this actually happened, Steve. I, I don't have the information in front of me, but there was some um, British film critic who resigned yes. because of this movie being so offensive. And I think it was the toilet. <laughs> Maybe. That guy, that would have to be the most embarrassing. Like, are you telling people that that's what you did? I saw a toilet in an Alfred Hitchcock movie and I yeah. said, goodbye, career. That's Get right. out of here. That's right. It's done. See, because movies are supposed to be escapism, you see. And I own a toilet. And when I saw a toilet on screen, the illusion was broken, man. The illusion was broken. John Gilling would never put a toilet in his movies. (laughs) Terrence Fisher would never put a toilet in his movies until he was allowed to. I mean, it's you're right, though, Steve. Like, opening night. You're not even over the shell shock of seeing a toilet get flushed. (laughs) And this woman is stabbed to death in the shower minutes later. And there's side boob left and right. There's the body double for, I think, some of those shots. Uh, But but it is really graphic and revealing uh, for an R-rated movie back then. You know what I mean? Like, you, you are seeing some... See some action there if you're looking. That's the thing too, right? It's pushing all those buttons. It is supposed to be a little erotic. It is supposed to right. be a little oh, yeah. uh, scare to be very scary. It is supposed to have a toilet in it. <laughs> there, are, there is, yeah. It's out of focus side boob when the hand is going to yes. grab the shower curtain, and you know, I'm watching that 4K disc. I'm like, say, <laughs> yes, hello, hello, side 1960 side boob. How are you? <laughs> uh, so she's dead. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. About 
you know, an hour or so into the motion picture. And what an amazing thing to have happened to you again, like as the audience, not only did you, so you saw a toilet totally going to shock over that. (laughs) Then a woman is murdered in the shower, the place where you are like, you know, at your most vulnerable fucking nude behind a curtain. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you realize not only was this woman brutally murdered, it was what I thought to be the main character of the movie. Uh Oh, what yeah. the hell? What? Where yeah. does the movie go from here? Like, what a fucking fascinating problem to have as an audience member to sit there just being like, "You murdered the movie." Like, yeah. how does the movie <laughs> yeah. continue? Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, totally. I mean, this is the in theory, this is the toughest part, and I think it's so perfect how he does it. Like, because it, it is Norman comes down uh, and finds quote unquote finds the body uh, and, and starts doing cleanup, and what he's. I mean, what Hitchcock is doing is like wa- letting us spend time with him doing this. And because we don't know the twist yet, like it, it, it feels like we're on his side for a bit. Like we are yes, like right. kind That's of true. there with him. And uh, I, I mean, like in I, I would love it uh, if anybody has any skill at the computer or anything editing wise. If someone can get me a version of all these little tasks he does set to let's hear it for the boy um, <laughs> I would love that too I, I, I really I thought that was really I had that thought while I was watching it and it really made me tickle there I, <laughs> the best thing is the, the, the car going into the swamp because, oh, oh yeah, I sure. do love that and you know what I was thinking about it this watching like thinking about the film noir trappings of the start and it's like oh I got this money let's give the old town the 23 skidoo and da, da. Yeah. oh wait <laughs> a, a real crime's happening to me oh that's the movie now okay yep that's exactly. a real yeah. crime is here and yeah, not a not a movie crime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and to your point, Chris, like we're watching Nor- we we hear Norman react, uh, I think in the house. It's, you know, oh, you just, blood, mother, yeah. blood. Like, what have you done? And you're like, oh no, this poor fucking, you know, simpleton street boy boy man has to clean up for his mother. Like, yeah, he probably should be go to the police or whatever, but we could we could imagine our you know what I mean? Like yes, you're doing yeah. so much of that math in your yes, head. Yeah. If you don't know the ending. Uh and what happens so the 40 grand is just in her suitcase, right? And it's just never seen ever again. She takes it out and she folds it into the newspaper Paper. and puts it on the, the nightstand. And there's the great <laughs> shot. Uh, we just mentioned him yelling about blood. It, it goes from her dead up to the suitcase. up yes. to It's all one shot up to the nightstand. There's the money. That's what she was murdered for. And then it goes out the window and you see the house. It's, it's yep. a great shot. Yes. Like, clouds are passing over it, whatever. And you get all that. What I love about it, and like, yes, if we added a, a a fun song to it, it would be funny. But what's amazing about it is not only is this like, okay, spend time, meet your new protagonist. It's all just silent. He doesn't yeah. say anything and there's nope. no music. It's just Anthony Perkins walking around this room, cleaning everything up very meticulously and proficiently. Almost as if it's not the first time he's done it. No, not at all. And I mean, <laughs> I, what I love about the car going into the swamp is this is the implication moment. This is you watch the car go halfway in. And what is your thought? Oh, God, please go in. You want yes. it to go in. And yeah. that's implicating you in the crime in its way. And then it goes in and you're relieved, too. You watch him be relieved and he, you're feeling that with him in that moment. Great and this point. is before you know everything else, of course. But like. That is such an important anchoring moment for you. 
I was a little taken out of it when Swamp Thing shows up. I was like, hey, asshole! <laughs> hey, what the fuck? Do I dump my garbage in your house? Do I go into your fucking shitty motel and throw my fucking food on your floor? What are you doing to my goddamn swamp? Look, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to peel one of the pieces of fruit that grow on my body. I'm going to peel it off my own body and feed it to you, and it's going to make you have horrible hallucinations because that's a Swamp Thing thing, and fuck you. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take the bucket seats... I got I I got to make my live I have a living room set I haven't completed yet. I'm going to get those. But I don't I don't like you having all this shit in my house. I'll tell you that funny, much. Cuz Joseph Stefano the uh, writer uh developed Swamp Thing for television. Did he really? Yeah. That's funny. Oh wow. The 1990 TV show, yeah. Here I was just being an asshole, but now I, I You're actually a smart actually, asshole. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Ooh. I watched a lot of that Swamp Thing TV show when I was a kid. We gotta do that Wes Craven movie. This is stay tuned. Uh, oh, both of them are yeah. absolutely one worse than the other. The Craven one sucks, but the one that the Larry Cohen didn't do with Heather Locklear is way worse. Is it Larry Cohen who did the sequel? I feel. Oh, I don't know. I hope so, because then it would be a banger. Then right? It was Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, did yeah, thing too. Yeah. Sure. The thing about Swamp Thing <laughs> that I wanted, I thought, what about if he was a fat Swamp Thing? You see. I just the idea of Alfred Hitchcock doing a superhero the what a bat <laughs> no we will not be doing a Batman Thank Chris you were you a Return of the Swamp a Return of Swamp thing yeah yes. it is Jim Wernowski that uh, uh, softcore oh. pornographer I <laughs> chop, yes. chopping mall zone yes Damn exactly uh, but so yeah she goes into the bog and then we cut to Sam's hardware store um, and. It's a lady arguing about cyanide or not cyanide, uh, uh, insecticide, uh, insecticide, uh, and she wants it to be totally painless. It's a very, it's funny, but it's also like it's just cheeky enough for the scene you just watched because we're talking about death. Well, right. you know, of course it is because she's yeah she's saying like you know oh it says it kills all these bugs but it doesn't say if it's painless and what she says is I think death should always be painless and yeah. you just watched one of the most painful ways to die unfold yep. in front of you. It's so, it is, it is that just that primo morbid humor that Hitchcock had. It's so fucking funny. Um, and what's great is like, it's definitely not a line you catch the first time you see the movie, you no. know, cause like yeah. you've watched all that shit go down right up through the Swamp Thing appearance and you're like still rattled and it's like you know Sam's like writing a letter to her in the back room and this it's just this old lady and you're like oh it's an old lady she's kvetching about a product whatever but then you listen to it and you're like oh that's a funny joke very good <laughs> yes and Marty Balsam is doing some peeping oh. of his own into the hardware store yeah, I like looking at people the Bronx Barrymore of uh, Wikipedia is to be uh, understood. <laughs> really? He's a Bronx native. He was a, a theater, uh, a huge theater guy. And some critic called him the Bronx Barrymore, That's which amazing. I love yeah. so Very much. No, he's, wow. he's fantastic. He's, Steve, was he uh, was he buried under Pelham Parkway? <laughs> no, I don't believe. He died apparently in Italy. I guess he was uh, in Rome. Uh, if, if, to be believed, nice. not bad. Return to the home country, right? Exactly. No, I, I, dude, that is a I'm over there as an old man still trying to act, making a shitty Italian. Uh, crime. <laughs> that might be. True. And I died on set well, or whatever. No, yeah, he, <laughs> he worked. He worked forever. Yeah, he worked all the way up. He was in Silence of the Hams. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was. <laughs> what the fuck? 
He's Why? probably making like Luigi Cozy's four for the murder tree or something like that. <laughs> well, according to Wikipedia, the, his last movie was 1997's Legend of the Spirit Dog, where he played Gramps. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, that checks out. Also, of course, uh, the star of Mitchell also. That's what I'd oh, say, yeah, very important. Oh, uh, Judge and uh, Cape Fear, 91. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. But he's so good in this movie, and the mo- this part of the movie needs him. I think, I think, you know, again, because Sam's a bit stiff, and like he's just like rock hard chest. What? Well, well, let's figure this out. And like, right. he's just seedy and crooked enough, and like, it just it gives the movie another. It, it's it's just it's kind of a stock character, right? The right the, the seedy no- private investigator. Exactly. Yes. Because we're well, back but- to Eric's door. Noir. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's 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 a guy. It's fascinating, right? Because it's a guy from a noir. This yes. is a character from a noir. A noir. He could yeah. have been like fucking with Edward G. Robinson in another movie down the road or whatever. And like, it's, it's, this is what happens, Larry. This is what happens when a noir <laughs> character walks into a horror movie. Well, yep. Yeah. I mean, because the, the, the thing he's bouncing off is that those two are dealing with what you should care about, which is like, this woman has gone missing. You yep. know what's happened. You want them to find out. What's the interesting character? The guy who's talking about the $40,000 that's missing. He's yeah. the right. interesting guy. He's the guy that you actually want to follow for a little bit here. Not the fucking stiff guy who's talking about how much he loves his girlfriend, which you should want. But like mm-hmm. he keeps right. on bringing you back to what's like and what sin is. For for some reason, this viewing, I was thinking of No Country for Old Man a little bit because it's like this conventional. Yeah, I just tracked down this $40,000. Find where this dame went. With yep. ditzy and I'll figure it, you know, but the yeah. world has changed. It is darker and more sinister and there's yes. actual I, f- real shit afoot here. I was, it's funny. I was thinking of another Coen Brothers movie, uh, Fargo, which is like, you know, you think about that money just in the snow. It's very similar to the money in the swamp. You know oh, what yes. I mean? It, it is just a little bit of money, but all, although the money is the actual motivation in both those Coen Brothers movies, that the money is nowhere near the motivation in this film. Right, right, right. I do love when Vera Miles walks in as Lila Crane, the sister, and you know she's like, "Oh, I'm looking for Sam Loomis or whatever," and he comes out, and this other guy that's working at the hardware store, this guy Bob, like, and Sam's like, "Hey, Bob, uh, why don't you go out and get some lunch?" And he's like, "Oh, I actually brought my lunch today, Sam." And he goes, "Then go outside and eat it. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. That's awesome. I need some private conversation. And if I'm remembering right, Chris Cabin." Check my memory on this. The guy playing this in the Van Zant movie and is none other than Red Hot Chili Peppers bassist Flea. I'm pretty sure you're correct on that. Yes. And <laughs> oh, you know. my goodness. But like, what if, you know what? That's really, Sam, that's kind of fucked up of you because what if your friend over here was trying to have sex for lunch? He can't just go outside and have that. He'll get arrested. That's true. <laughs> well, what was he going to have in the store? Yeah. Oh, hey, at least it's inside. I was looking for uh, Sam Loomis. Were you looking for me, Sheriff? There is a terror coming to your town. (laughs) There is a man dressing up as his mother, Sheriff. You have to believe me. There's a terror coming to your town. Big box hardware store. (laughs) Home Depot, Sheriff. It's coming. (laughs) Same name, obviously. A a tip of the hat to this film. Uh, not the only tip of the hat, obviously, uh, Jamie Lee being in there as well. Sure. Uh, but yeah. And so, also. Yeah. Oh, no. oh, I was just going to say, and also Billy Loomis and Scream. That's the yep. other. All the Loomises. Lumi. Continue it. Yeah. <laughs> Lumi, if you will. They're yeah. everywhere. 
But it's kind of great because yeah, she comes in and she's like, you know, have you seen Marion? Is Marion here? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, I haven't, and I haven't talked to her. Well, what's going on? And then fucking Arbogast comes in. Martin Balsam just fucking sashays in. He's like, oh, I yeah. can help with that friend. And it's just, oh, man, so the good. friend thing is so good. It's so, I love when he says something, like, I forget what Vera Miles says. Like, Lila says something, like, answering a question of his. And he goes, I don't know if I believe you. And she basically spits in this dude's face with this great delivery of, well, I don't care if you believe me. <laughs> yep. Like, who the fuck are you? Like, I don't give a shit about yes. what you're here for. My sister is missing. Yeah. Well, well, I actually, I get uh, I get off on women being angry at me. So uh, if you want to just keep on doing <laughs> that. Keep yelling, keep yelling, keep uh, yelling. I, I'm ready to take it. But yeah, he, he, <laughs> he, he decides he's going to go take a tour of all motels and hotels. Dude, I love it's the only real montage in the movie. Yes, this is good. And I fucking love it's just Martin Balsam walking around town going to all these like flop houses <laughs> and boarding houses or whatever. And just oh, shots of just people being like, you know, you don't know what they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So good. Uh, but yes, he, he he winds up at the Bates Motel. Doesn't take him long to get there. And he's like, no, almost missed it from the highway. And here comes Normie Bates just trying to like have because you find out it's kind of fun like how much of this is like stock nonsense like yeah 12 12 cabins 12 vacancies like oh yeah the highway came yep. and like it's just sort of like his normal conversation his normal converse is a performance you know exactly just, yes yeah but it's amazing because like he even has a spiel prepared when no one's really driving by there it's still just like ingrained in his head from when business was busier like he doesn't miss a beat like it's kind of flawless also martin balsam terrible private detective dude because you know you've got the titular psycho on your hands when you pull up because he's just sitting outside the motel with his feet up eating out of a bag of candy corn folks <laughs> well that does that makes him a pervert and that should be addressed but uh I, I what i like about that is he starts eating like there's a casualness or like a feigned casualness mm -hmm. to him eating the candy corn and as i go in and as martin balsam really starts as arbogast starts pressing him about these things he goes from that there i think it's when he brings out the ledger and the this the sign-in book and he yes. finds the let he goes from that to chewing very vigorously i think it's a piece of gum i don't know for sure yeah. what yeah. he puts in there but it's very pointed that like that's a nervous like that just to show the nervousness rather than like him like his eyes darting back and forth or some shit. Because he's like also getting caught in lies here a little yes. bit, and he's covering them up. Like like oh you know I know I never seen her. Oh, but then uh, Arbogast has like a handwriting sample, and it's like damn it, God <laughs> yes. damn it. He fucks up the yeah he fucks up that because he's like oh I got the handwriting sample. He also fucks up like he says oh no one's been here yes. through here in weeks. And then Arbogast says something and he's like, oh, yeah, a couple last week also said they almost missed it. And he's like, ah, see, that's what I'm talking about. You mix up things, you forget things, yada, yeah. yada. I think, though, Chris, it still is the candy corn and he is just chewing it more nervously and more like animatedly because like inside he's shitting his pants. Something's flat and white. It's something he puts in specifically. I, I don't I know what it is. Dude, I think you're just looking at 1960 candy corn, dude. <laughs> is that just, just like all food back then? It was garbage. Okay. It just looked like shit and was garbage. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and ball, you know, basically, you know, he's like, oh yeah, actually, no, what I meant was 
I have had a woman come in here, and she was actually Marion Crane. I know. Did exactly. you spend the night with her? <laughs> no. Did you spend the night with her? <laughs> well, it is that um, it's that like circular fucking cop, yeah. circular lawyer, circular Captain Kirk talk. You know where he's right. like, he goes like, because his first question is like, did she make any phone calls? And he's just very definitively like, no, no, no. And then he says, did you spend the night with her? Yeah. And he's like, no. And then it's like. Well, then how do you know she didn't make any phone calls? And I just want to be like, well, if you were putting it that way, what the fuck did you ask me for? You know, I'm not a fucking psychic. I don't have phone records out here, asshole. No, but he's getting tripped up, getting nervous. But he also is like a little defiant, too. You know what I mean? Like there is Norman has the ability to protect himself. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. uh, and he's like, you know, at, at first he offers. You know, you want you want to check all the cabins? I'm going to change the the linens right now. You might as well come with me and and, and enjoy it, kind of a thing. And yeah. then, like, yeah. once the conversation goes on to the mother, because like he's like, it, it, he lets it slip that his mother is around, and he's like, well, I'd like to talk to you. Can't talk to her. She's an invalid. You know what I mean? Like, Arbogast kind of, Caesar from the, the that's window. right. He sees the the silhouette again. He's like, is that Michael Jordan up there? Or is that your mother? <laughs> <laughs> Which one is? <laughs> um. Yeah, it was like, and then he's like, oh, I thought you said you were alone. He's like, oh, that must be my mother. She's an invalid. Uh, and, and yeah, he's Arbogast pushing to like, I want to talk to her. No, no, no. I told you she's sick. You know, I, I think I'm ready for you to go away now or whatever. Yes. Um, and so he, Arbogast does leave and he goes and he goes to a pay phone and he calls Lila and he's like, hey, so your sister definitely stopped at this motel. Something's fishy here. I want to keep looking around. But very pointedly, he's like, but but I can confirm I'm relatively certain that Sam had no idea that your sister yeah. came up here because that's still part of it. Yeah. When he's yeah. at the hardware store, is like, you didn't know your girlfriend was on her way, you know, all mm-hmm. that shit. So Sam now has kind of been cleared of any suspicion at this point is what he's saying. And he's like, I'm going to go talk to I, I, something about this, this old lady, this mother. I got to talk to her. I'll get back to you in about in about right. two hours or something like that. Um, so he goes back to the hotel and he goes into the office. And again, I'm, I mean, I'm sorry, but you go into an office like this. You're looking for a missing girl. You see all these dead stuff birds. There's your guy. Yeah. There's your guy. Yeah. Caught him red handed. Arbog- yeah. Arbogast <laughs> just has to take one look around here and be like, yep, found him. <laughs> Hello, Sheriff. The bird guy did it. Did you stuff any more birds? Joe me. <laughs> and now here's where I take umbrage with your with your methodology here, your police work, Arbogast. You can't just walk into this house. Yeah. I mean, he, this, gets, he gets punished for it pretty. Oh, he, he certainly it's does. It's a I mean, great I, punishment. I, I, I love this sequence. But yeah. Just walking right in. Not even a knock. Just, just walking yes. right in and closing the door quietly behind him. He knows what he's well, doing. Well, I think there's some up. people that will tell you, like, well, if the door's unlocked, they're allowed or something. Yeah. yeah. Which I don't, I don't... Well, that person to. would be a fucking idiot. That's, yeah. It's local <laughs> rules, don't you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> you probably Dude, local announce- rules is even worse. Local rules? You don't fucking go into people's houses. What, are you kidding me? On the side of a road like that? Well, of co- well, I, I, I think a lot of small towns are more like that. They're, they're like, oh, yeah, of course. You probably want to announce yourself like, hi, private detective, Mrs. Bates, Mrs. Bates, you know, but he's snooping, dude. He's a private snoop and he's Uh, snooping around. mm -hmm. And I love the way this whole shot is constructed. Just like right above looking dead straight down at the floor from the top landing. And this 
is like it's almost like a precursor. I wonder if it maybe even inspired it, the jump scare in Exorcist 3, because this is a very similar a fucking be-robed woman comes out of nowhere and fucking stabs this dude, just cuts him right in the face. And just the shot of just his face, like him kind of slowly falling down these stairs in a way, it's it's fantastic. And it's the speed at which she comes out the door. Yes. It's like very forceful in a way that you weren't expecting because like, again, you still don't know, I mean like unless you're us in who I'd say, but like when you're that first couple people who saw this thing, you're not, you don't know. You're just like, there's something off about her moving like that, being yeah. an old woman like that and her moving that quickly against, but I don't know. And at, it must've been great as, I mean, I'm going back to what Eric said, like it would have been great to have felt that and not known immediately yes. because of I animated shows. Imagine if the twist was yeah. like, yes. And then we see her skeleton had come to life. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's in play it though, is, man. It it's yeah. in, totally in play in 1960. But I think you're, you're too, if you're in 1960, you're in the theater and this hasn't been ruined for you by osmosis. I feel like you're still one. You're still rattled by that toilet. Sure. Two, oh, yeah. You're still rattled by that shower scene. Less than mm-hmm. the toilet, but still pretty rattled. Like, so you saw a toilet, then a woman was murdered, thrown in the swamp, all that shit. That like, it, it, you're just terrified once again. Like, your heart has just stopped racing. This happens right here. I don't think your brain has time to be like, well, that's moving way too fast for an invalid old woman. You know yes, what I mean? Yeah, totally. But it's you're just, right. When you look back at it, it is it is eerie thinking like that's supposed to be an old woman it's, moving. It's like just that. something off about it. And like, that's the first thing that hits you. And I, man, I wish that we had like, you remember, you know, you've seen all that footage of like people interviewing people outside of Star Wars or like horror yep. movies and be like, oh my God. Y- yeah, you had. Imagine like they, it, Psycho, you know, you hear about everybody being like, uh, <laughs> went crazy for the murder and everything. But, they actually got footage and just everybody was talking about the toilets. <laughs> Nobody could stop talking about it. Like it, it happens twice. It, they go into the toilet. The master of horror. First you, first, you see a toilet, then the toilet gets flushed. And then in a few scenes later, a woman digs through the toilet. She's touching a toilet. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of films. I come to, I, yes, I come to the films quite often and, I, I had never seen a toilet in a film. Uh, I, I, I never, I never seen it. Nor did I ever see a piece of a paper being taken you know, from a toilet. Come to think I thought, of it, I haven't seen a toilet in real life either. You know, just been using the outhouse back there. Gonna go home, take a picture of my toilet. Look at me, I'm Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> no, yeah, I uh, work construction over in Burbank, and uh, <laughs> I, I was, I was invited to this special screening of uh, Psycho, and uh, <laughs> I, I'm very happy to watch uh, Mr. Alf, Alfie Hitchcock. Uh, and in and, and, and this picture. Yeah. Well, I for one didn't have a problem with the uh, toilet being featured in the picture because, uh, well, as a plumber by trade, I felt honored to, to have some of my work <laughs> portrayed on screen yeah, for once. But then I stayed for the entire end credits and I didn't see the single, the plumber wasn't credited whoever installed that. <laughs> that was a top-notch job. The, the, the velocity of the twirl of the toilet. You don't credit these people? And they got it all wrong, by the way. A piece of paper in the toilet, it would have disintegrated in that time. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh. I, know from, I know from experience I've been plumbing for 10 years. <laughs> we are told that Marion has been missing for a week at this point yeah. when the movie catches up uh, after the murder. So I feel like you're probably not reading the pencil no. off of the paper. No. That's that's not happening. That's, that's a fair 
That's a fair complaint. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're taking Hitchcock to test on We Hate Movies plot hole. <laughs> Guitar solo. Uh, but, you know, now we're cut back to Sam and Lila. Lila is very concerned that Arbogast was supposed to talk to her. and She didn't. Yeah. And he didn't. Blah, blah, blah. Finally time to go to the police uh, to find out. My God, the sheriff, the way he says this fella named Arbogast. <laughs> yes. It's, it's like somehow anti-Semitic and I don't know. How, like it's just somehow he did it. It's like, wow, how did you do that? It's also like a brand of gas medicine. That, yeah. Like <laughs> you should take Arbo gas for when you're uh, uh, dry shitting out your drawers. There's a great moment um, right when they basically when they decide to go see the sheriff, you don't see them here, but. It's this great moment of Norman back at the swamp because guess where yep. fucking Arbogast wound up? Yeah. And you hear them yelling. You hear they're at the motel yelling, Arbogast, Arbogast. And it's this amazing shot of uh, Perkins turning around, like turning to face the direction of the voice. And the look, again, just the look says it all. Like, it's happening again. More yep. people are coming. Mother's going to have to kill. So, you know, it's all yeah. just like you see these gears turning with that stare of like, oh, fuck, more outsiders. A- a- another car. This is my kitchen, man. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to watch a fucking television here. Sorry, Swamp Thing. Just one more car. Can I fit it? God, fucking t- fine. Fine. The but serial killer keeps ruining the game I'm watching. You're getting cable, though, and I'm getting some of it. I'm fucking tired of this shit. <laughs> um, yeah, so they, they go call Deputy Sheriff Al Chambers in the middle of the night. Uh, yeah, some fella Arbo gas. You're right, Steve. It does sound anti-Semitic, and I can't even... <laughs> A uh, big city private investigator by the name of Arbogast. <laughs> I, um, I do love what well, you know, Sam like lays out the whole story for them, and it's a sheriff and his wife yeah. who are, are listening to it, and she's great. She's being like uh, overly friendly the whole time, which is funny. Um, but he goes, uh, "Oh yeah, yeah, we saw someone else at the house with Norman," and the the wife was like, "Oh no, Norman took a wife," and he goes. No, an older woman, his mother, and they don't yeah. They don't yeah. let it slip yet, but the the sheriff and the wife look at each other mm-hmm. and it's this great like, what the fuck did he he just <laughs> fucking say old his mother? What yeah. the fuck? He fucking so, did. Didn't he? <laughs> they call they call, the sheriff calls Norman, which she absolutely should not do. You should go and investigate. Like I was like, Say, Norman, did you kill uh, a little private investigator and a woman? No. Nope. Yeah. Well, all right. Fair enough. But he said no. That's all I can do. Right. It is kind of great because you can imagine Norman doing rehearsed friendliness to yes. him, too. Because he's like, uh, you know, Norman, it's a, you know, sheriff, whatever. Uh, and then before he can say anything. Oh yeah, I'm fine. You know, uh-huh, so you can yeah, imagine like yeah, exactly. whatever those fake pleasantries are that he's dealing out or whatever. But he's like, yeah, well, Norman said he didn't, uh, he left or whatever. So that's all I can do. And then, so this is great drop right here. Another bit of like, what is going on? If you don't know the movie, he's like, well, I think the problem really is with that uh, private investigator of yours. What's his name again? Arbogast. <laughs> uh-huh. Cause he's like, I think the dudes like got his, uh, facts wrong. Um, 
because Norman Bates' mother has been in fucking Green Lawn Cemetery for the last 10 years. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and- so as so you think, I mean, mm-hmm. she, she's out. She done broke out. She's either. Yeah, maybe, maybe because there's even a line at some point, like if she's not in the cemetery, whose grave is that? Or what? You know what I mean? Like, yes. we're playing with maybe uh, she wasn't dead at all. Maybe she's a go again. Like all of this is in play along with it's probably actually Norman Bates himself, but it's all and, in play. Yeah. Well, and the sheriff also like adds on to the mystery because he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I haven't been out to the Bates motel since all that business 10 years ago. What business 10 years ago, you might ask? Oh, yeah, the murder-suicide. Mrs. Bates uh, murdered her boyfriend and then killed herself. And then the the wife is like, they found them in bed together. Ooh, gossipy about a Uh 10-year-old murder. Uh Uh, Some uh, last-minute cuddles before entering the uh, (laughs) the afterlife. Very romantic. Uh, Then we, we go back to the motel, and this is Norman now going upstairs. And this is a great, this is another amazing shot. Because it's following Tony yep. Perkins up the stairs and he goes into the bedroom. We don't yet have access to the bedroom and the no. camera, almost as if like the camera was like, up, oh, not allowed in here yet. Better turn around. It starts doing this right. like crane mm-hmm. tilt move and gets itself back into the same directly looking down position as when Arbogast was murdered. And this is, he's having a fight with her or whatever. No, I'm not going to go down to the fruit cellar in my own home. And like that whole argument or whatever. And then I'll tell you who's a little fruity. It's you. Which is a very yes, like right. <laughs> yep. loaded uh-huh. line there from mom. Absolutely. Well, mothers, um, they're so cutting. <laughs> and then he is seen carrying a body out yes. and y- y- she's talking the whole day. Put me down. I can walk. Yeah. Just walking down. Yeah. And again, you're like, all right, well, I didn't get, like, a face check, and I didn't see her moving, but Norman says that she's an invalid, so maybe yeah, she, she can't, can't move. really move. And yeah, move. once once she's fully in frame, wa- he's walking her down the stairs. We do get another of those fade to blacks that kind of helps cover yeah. that yes. up. Yep, exactly. Like, that, just, all right, that's that's all you get now. We're going to turn the lights out on that scene. You're not going to see the rest of it. And how do you um, know that the fruit seller isn't very comfortable? And very nice. That's you don't true. know. It might be very, it might be luxurious. But I guess because she's been hidden there before this body. Yes. Yeah. Mother, it's a finished fruit cellar. There's <laughs> carpet down there and the walls are insulated and there's a television. Yeah, the ping pong table. <laughs> you have all the preserves you want. Uh, but we cut to church on Sunday. The, the sheriff and his wife are coming out and Sam and Lila are waiting for him. Like, did you see the baits? What happened? They're like, oh yeah, I went there and there's nicest pie like mother's still dead you know what i mean like and he just never and it's kind of great because he's like you know what you want to do is you want to come to my office and report your sister missing officially you need to get the police involved here son it's a jolly's you know big shitty types uh <laughs> just fishing around that money just arbo like gas. just like arbo <laughs> gas the last place you would find him is here in a church i'll tell you that much <laughs> Uh, so Lila's like, uh, okay. Like they walk away. The the wife is hilarious. She's like, why don't you come by the house for Sunday dinner and fill out your nice paperwork then? Okay. And like, they walk away and Lila's like, Sam, fuck the police. I want to go up there myself. We're not waiting on this dude and his paperwork. Let's go see what's going on. And so these sort of like the final push of the movie here is we're going to go ourselves. We're going to check it out. We're going to pretend that we're a freshly fucked married couple on the road, whatever. We are uh, freshly fucked. Just so you know. 
Yeah. Yes. Another um, <laughs> uh, twist uh, diversion from the book was apparently Lila and Sam get together in the book, like they fall in love, which is like so good that's not this movie. Yeah. Like, oh my so god, that's, that's that's creepy even for me. Sounds pulled out of the Biden family tree. That one. <laughs> oh god. Well, I mean, that's Ow. good. That's good. I mean, uh, that happens a few times. Like, uh, has if anybody's read Jaws. Uh, Richard Dreyfus bangs uh, uh, the sheriff's wife in the book. Oh, yes. I, I recall hearing that. I've never read the book. I, I, I'm very happy they take it out in that case, too. I think that's not a good look. I'm cucking your wife. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lorraine Gary, let's fuck. Yeah, let, oh. I, I'll, let's find out what's inside, the, what's inside this shark. You don't know what was inside your wife last. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> got a license plate inside her too. <laughs> <laughs> Left some tadpoles behind. <laughs> uh, but so I, this is where, like, Sam Loomis, dude, just fucks this whole thing. Up oh my god, because, like, he's being an brick asshole. Of wood. He's being an asshole to Norman like immediately. Yes. Like he's like, I asked for a receipt. My boss wants receipts. He's paying for this fucking trip. You give me a goddamn receipt. You let me fill the fuck in on the logbook. Oh, what's that? Oh, how convenient. You know, normally when you check in without bags, it's a $10 deposit. What the fuck's your problem? Why don't you take my money, you son of a bitch? He's just being so aggressive to him. And I'm like, dude, you're trying to dupe this guy into like a level of comfort where you can then snoop around this motel. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. Fucked it up. Uh, But they do check in. And like the idea is, Okay, Sam, you're the stupidest man in the universe. Why don't you <laughs> d- distract Norman while I snoop around the house? I would totally flip that around. But I guess like Norman is the one you're kind of worried about anyway. Like you wouldn't leave him alone with a woman. But sure. Well, I mean, imagine if you were actually running a motel at the time. Your worst nightmare as far. I mean, maybe this is just my point of view here. Worst case scenario, you're te- the person who is renting a room wants to chat for a while like <laughs> yep and and turns into wants to have a debate with you about like what you do there like i i I, I would just be like get me right the fuck i don't care if i'm crazy and like kind of have preserved my mother i'm like get me the fuck out of here right now <laughs> the reverse of that is why i refuse to stay at b&b's Yep. I don't need to be talking to caretakers no, and no, having no. them make me breakfast and sit at their table yeah. with a bunch of other strangers. Thanks, but no thanks. It's, not, it's weird. It's weird. Just I let me go a, get a fucking Egg McMuffin on the side of the road like everybody else. I want an anonymous hotel that I could shit, come, and sleep in. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't want to any, look anyone in the face afterwards mm-hmm. either. Or, or during. <laughs> That's actually on the all the advertisements for La Quinta, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, come and sleep at La Quinta Inns and Suites. Ooh, I'm going to have to go there. <laughs> Another bad move on these fucking amateur detectives such as they are here. They're not exactly super sleuths because, like, you, you're saying, first of all, like, he says in the car, like, we're going to search the motel, like, every inch of it or whatever. Wait until dark. Why yeah. are you doing this shit in the afternoon? Well, dark is scarier. This yeah. is a scary movie we're in. You got a point there. When she starts poking around there, 
I think they she comes across like a children's room that I guess he might be still sleeping in, which is that's yes. dude. That's nice. one of the creepiest parts. Nice. It's Norman's bedroom with a mix of dirty magazines and children's literature and toys all over mm-hmm. it, and like it, a it says everything blanket. about that guy. Yeah, yeah. And, and the uh, the one where he goes, where she goes into the um, the room with all the dresses. It reminded yeah. the way the whole thing was shot was just reminded me almost exactly, and I haven't. I, I should revisit it now, but it reminded me of when Clarice Starling is looking at uh, Frederica Bimmel's emptied out. Yeah, um, it, it looks very similarly shot, I think, in a way of covering like the way she goes into the closet with all the dresses and pulls it apart that way. Yeah, that's when she so she goes from the bedroom into Mrs. Bates's room. Yes, yeah. as she's investigating, and yeah, goes through, and she's got all these like nice dresses and furs and whatever. It's got to be Mothball City. Oh, my God. If this woman's been dead for 10 years, you know, you're, trying, you're not only trying to preserve her, you're trying to preserve these clothes. There's also a huge indentation on the bed that lets you know that someone's been sleeping in this bed pretty mm-hmm. recently. You better not be in my corpse groove. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, the weird, I love the, uh, like, Lila looks to the dresser, like a vanity or something, and it's this eerie, like, the statue of the hands folded over and they do like a close up on it. It freaks me out every time. And like, I don't know because it's not supposed to be like a, a, a mask of her hands yeah. or something. Is it uh, maybe, maybe a death mask kind of a thing? Possibly. Yeah. Like, it's like, here's my mother's dead hands or whatever. Possibly. Sure. People were fucking weird back then, dude. Yeah. Uh, I do. Sam is meanwhile being like, you took the money. Didn't you Bates? Didn't you Bates? And it's like, <laughs> what yeah. are you talking? You gave it all away. You, idiot <laughs> he like comes in like ready to spit on the floor at this yes. guy and yeah really not doing a good job of buttering up and distracting him it's a lot of like oh yeah total nothing business here i'm sure forty thousand dollars would have helped with that forty thousand what you know what the fuck i'm talking about <laughs> moron forty thousand dollars now let's talk about your mother let's put all attention on your mother and what's happening to her right now what's your mother doing right now huh norman oh wait um, uh, no that no, no one's in the house. Uh, nobody did stay. Stay here. How about that? <laughs> and he just knocks like like a total stiff gets knocked out here, like a fucking moron. Oh yeah, because uh, Norman sort of realizes something's fishy here, and he goes, "Wait a second, where's that girl you came in here with?" Yeah. And like they start like getting into it or whatever, and Norman Bates just fucking knocks this guy right over the head right away, and. Not for nothing, Sam Loomis. The only thing you're good for is being tall and built like a brick shit house. And this waifish little wiener mm-hmm. gets the best of you. Embarrassing. Well, this guy's got like six kills under his belt, though. So he's, he's, <laughs> oh, he's that's ready to true. Tangle. true. Yeah. He's, he's leveled up at this point. All those muscles don't like protect your brain from being soft or the skull from being <laughs> yes. soft or anything like that. <laughs> that can true. be cracked right open. Uh, so Norman storms into the house. Uh, Lila is aware of that. She like, is trying to run out the door, but she sees Norman coming, so she goes downstairs, and she's like, say, that's an interesting door to look into, and this is the, <laughs> the fruit seller. Mrs. Bates? Ah! God it's, damn, it's so great. It's a great, like, she just taps the shoulder, yes. and the thing spins around like, hello! And I... <laughs> yes. Live from New York, it's Saturday night! <laughs> I'm a fucking skeleton. Your mother is now with us, Norman. She's part of the Skeleton League. <laughs> she will be the queen of us all, Norman. What do you think about that? <laughs> we will take off that Willie Nelson wig and we will have her have a beautiful dome of bone. <laughs> 
Bondo. Yes. It's come to our attention that you have you have put some skeletons into the swamp. We must release them. <laughs> release our brothers from their their unfortunate tubes. A skeleton cannot be trapped in a car unless it was in a car accident. <laughs> we wish to speak with Swamp Thing. Yes, Swamp Thing. Could you bring us the meaty bodies? That are in your home. You must arrange a parlay with Swamp Thing for us, the Skeleton League. <laughs> yes, I would like a, we need a private investigator, Skeleton. And another, <laughs> we could always use another sexy lady Skeleton as well. Yes, it is truly my honor to take an audience with the Skeleton League, me, Swamp Thing. <laughs> we will tell people of your kindness, Swamp Thing. <laughs> now release the skeletons and there will be no trouble. Let it be known that the swamp will always be friendly to the skeletons of this earth. That is right. We will leave your mushrooms alone if you leave our skeletons alone. That is the deal. <laughs> And as for you, Bates, no longer will our queen be held captive in your fruit cellar, you son of a bitch. And dear Swamp Thing, if there is a skeleton under all of that, stop. <laughs> we would be happy to have him with us. When the day comes, I burn up in a swamp slash forest fire. It would be my honor to join the Skeleton League. We don't have roots in the Skeleton League. You must have... Do you have a skeleton? What is going on under there? <laughs> what the legend, can I get in there? Can I get in there? Can I take a peek? Can I, can I move this mushroom? <laughs> yes, I'm totally one of you. My mother was a skeleton. Huzzah! <laughs> well, our just, legacy! That is how it works. Your mother must be a skeleton for you to be a skeleton. <laughs> It doesn't matter what the father, it always transfers oh. through the mother. Yes, it's through the mother. Your name shall be Flounder. <laughs> Flounder? Why? Why not? What movie were we talking about? It's Swamp Animal House. Yeah, oh, yeah. Animal, we're talking about Animal House, but there's a bunch of skeletons that are there in Swamp, Swamp Thing as well. There's a new one. Animal a new House. One. Boone and Swampy play in Cat and Mouse. Oh, Animal your nickname is D-Day. That's very funny. There was a lot of skeletons made on that day. Skeleton House. Oh, no, the, the, ho the horse has died in Dean Bitterman's office. We must quickly make it a skeletal horse. A pledge pin on your tibia? Do you mind if we dance with your date? Of course we don't mind. Oh, <laughs> Niedermeyer would later go on to die in Vietnam, where they made a lot of skeletons. Oh, plenty of those. Agent Orange could make a skeleton in 30 seconds flat. Our enrollments doubled after Vietnam. Uh, Just uh, waved. Enrollments to the skeleton league. I like that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so Mrs. Bates has been dead forever. And so, uh, yeah, Sam comes in at the last second and grabs uh, Norman here as he's running in, in Mrs. Bates. Yes. Uh, dress and as as the psychiatrist is quick to criticize in the closing parlor monologue here a real cheap wig i love yes, that this dude yeah. is like and after all the mental illness and everything else going on he bought a shitty wig <laughs> that's how we know he didn't touch that forty thousand dollars <laughs> yeah, exactly that cheap wig was a crime of passion not profit <laughs> 
This guy's great, though, man. I do. Norman like Bates no longer exists, which is so awesome. And he just sort of goes into the hole. Like, it's a real, like, listen, we have to explain this movie to people at this point. Like, it's been yes. no dialogue and just looking at a bunch of things, but this is what's wrong with this guy. Yeah. And, like, these scenes, I, I hate these scenes usually because you don't have a good actor doing them. A. Yes. But B, you're not shooting them like so soberly as he is. Like it's not, you know, he, he just wants to get the information and he's giving the guy room, the actor room to play with the room. Like he he's walking around a little bit. He's having fun yeah. with it. Like that's you have to allow that for me to take on all this information that you're pile driving yeah. me with. Yes. And apparently Hitchcock <laughs> wasn't super crazy about the pile driving yes. himself, but the studio kind of insisted on it. But yeah, I do agree. Like it is sort of funny, like even this thing that he wasn't super jazzed on. Actually, I, I think I think it helps the movie a, a little bit. I I, mm-hmm. I, that, I think you know it'd be fine if it just ends with the 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 the, the monologue from Norman Bates, like yeah. you know what I mean, the mother. You'd get it, you know, in a more modern movie. But yes, we're these people haven't seen a fucking toilet. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like let's just let's take <laughs> yeah. them by the hand they a little. They can't comprehend toilet on screen. They're not going <laughs> to get split personalities. So no. you do have to handhold a little at the end and I think it's fine and I think it's there's some it's effective engaging. stuff here especially when we get like the skeleton face superimposed yeah. over. You oh know? sure. Yeah. I do love the uh <laughs> he so the guy is like, "Yes, it all started back when uh Norman killed his uh, mother and murdered the boyfriend there. And then he's like, oh, and he's, I believe, uh, at least according to the mother, he's struck two more times. You don't happen to have uh, any missing persons on file in this town, do you? And the guy, the guy's like, the cop's like, uh, yeah, two. And the dude is like, uh, were they young girls? And this cop is just like, son of a bitch. Yes, they were. God damn it. Ah. Uh, I went by that Bates Motel three times. Shit. I was trying to blame it on an Elvis concert. (laughs) We would be happy to adopt the two women who are down there to Swamp Thing. We would love to take them in. Well, take, listen, I'll take them all off your hands and I'll give you 30 mushrooms. How does that sound? And $700. That's a fair (laughs) trade in. Um, But yeah, you know, he's like, the, the fucking doctor is like, uh, I got a feeling if you uh drag that swamp out behind the motel, you're gonna have an awful lot to sift through. And we also very specifically under one of the things we want to underline because one one guy, I think Sam, Sam, who's a little bit like, so why was he wearing a dress? And uh, the other guy's like, ah, I'll feel that I'm an asshole. He's yeah. a transvestite. It's like, well, no, uh, that's not exactly true because he believed he was the mother, and you know he wasn't doing it for sexual, his own, yeah sexual pleasure for himself or just whatever his own identity. It was like he, his split personality was a woman. Therefore she would dress. So like, yeah. I, I think that's, a, that's a sort of interesting for Hitchcock to sort of very specifically underline there. Yeah, no, I think uh, that's important. Yeah. yeah. And then we cut to a uh, Ted Knight of all people. Anyone catch this? Absolutely, dude. <laughs> I've, uh, I've, uh, I've loved looking at Ted Knight in this tiny little role for several years. Norman is like, can I get a blanket? No, let me get two blankets. Like, You'll get nothing and like it. I believe so. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're waiting for the blankets. You know, the world needs uh, motel uh, owners too. So. <laughs> Buy the Bates Motel. <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah, Ted Knight is just this. There's, uh, I think one of the other guards like, 
oh, uh, she said she, he said he was cold. Uh, he wants a blanket. Can we get, can we get him one? And I was like, sure. And then this is when we lean in on the great Anthony Perkins, just, just facing it up here, man. Oh, One of the yeah. best faces to ever face. Really good face. Good FaceTime here. And then also that the mother inner monologue of like, not, I'm not even going to swat that fly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's sad she- when a mother has to speak the words that will commit her own son. Which it is, is great. It's just so great that she thinks she's winning at the end, yeah. which is so fucking. That's like one of right. the more chilling parts of it. Is They'll just say that like, she wouldn't even harm a fly. It's mm-hmm. totally good. Just that, my that's, idiot son did it all. <laughs> that smile too. That that crack mm-hmm. of yeah. a smile. Oh my god. Yep, it's fucking great. Um, and then the last shot of the movie, I think, is it's one of my all time favorite final shots of a movie. Just the tow truck pulling this fucking car out of the swamp. Yep, exactly. And that's just what... the end coming right. It's so great. And it like that's also it's a very TV ending. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It is just like, well, we had fifty-two minutes to fill, and this comes at fifty-one forty-seven. You know what I mean? Like mm. this is this is the last thing we gotta get out of here. There's no more to this. And thank goodness there is no Sam and Lila getting together. Awful thing. Yeah. Uh, awful move that would have been. Um, yeah. And because it's a movie in 1960, there's no credits. There's no fucking stinger scenes. There's no <laughs> sequel setups. It is a tow truck dragging a car out of a swamp. Fade to black. End of movie. That is the end of Psycho. Go around the horn here. Final thoughts, Eric Siska. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's brilliant. Obviously, this is a, a great fucking movie. Um, I will also recommend... Um, I actually watched Psycho 2 uh, pretty much. Uh, I watched it before this this rewatch, and it was way better <laughs> than I expected. Um, so it's probably worth checking out as well. Obviously, it's nowhere near in the same league as this, but it was a pretty good time. Chris Cabin. Uh, yeah, great movie. Uh, worth seeing. If you have not seen it, uh, see it. Uh, I, I think it's well worth your time. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not my favorite uh, Hitchcock, uh, it's probably my top 10, but probably it might be at 10. Um, wow. Uh, it's pretty and, low. I mean, I, I, I think the guys made like 15 outright masterpieces. So I'm like, you know, that's fine. A t- mm-hmm. Anywhere in that uh, realm, you're doing just fine. Yeah. But like, mm-hmm. and I also am a fucking insane person who's seen like mm-hmm. almost everything but like the super early shit. Um, but what I will say is like, despite that, like you come back to this and all the like things that are incredible about this thing are still incredible. Like it's not, none of it is worn off. None of the like way mm-hmm. he made the style of it has not dulled at all. It works and it uh, highlights uh, a lot of ideas that are both in the image and just suggested by the image. I think it's packed full of stuff and I, I, I love it quite a lot. Steve Sadak. Yeah, I think, I think Chris is totally right. It, it, you, we do get a lot of like, oh, you know, I never saw this movie. And that's, it's always totally, hey, it's totally fine to have never seen a movie, by the way. It's, it, yep. And the easiest way to rectify that is to watch a goddamn movie. And I do think that like you could say like, oh, I get it. it the dude dresses up as his mother and like kills people. Uh, we all get a little mad sometimes. There's just so much here. The performances are so good. The camera work is so gorgeous. The score just moves. And it's about. It's like a buck forty five or something, a buck forty nine. Like it's a yeah, it's a trim little movie. It's a horror movie. You know what I mean? Like it is scary. It is and the the horror, it's what it, what again, one of my favorite kinds of horror that comes in to subvert another film. You know what I mean? Because that's what 
That's what horror yeah. would do, wouldn't it? Like, you know what I mean? You don't know you're in a horror movie until so, somebody you're in the shower and somebody cuts your fucking throat. Ooh. And I love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that that's fucking fantastic. And I think that it's just, yeah, it's a classic for a reason. Uh, yeah. It's, it's one of my favorite Hitchcocks. I, I don't know where I would put it, uh, but it's definitely one of my favorite Hitchcocks for sure. It's uh, it's number two for me. I'm uh, still partial to North by Northwest. Love that guy. But this is like, yeah, I think it's like a good, uh, you know, uh, gateway drug for Hitchcock. If you mm. haven't really explored that filmography, it's a very accessible movie. It's also like a good gateway to older horror. And I think that's kind of important, you know. Uh, if you're interested in like looking back at film over the years and everything, like it's important to acclimate your brain to like things weren't always Eli Roth movies or whatever, you know what I mean? Or like, you know, Tom Savini didn't always exist. And I think that's very important to keep in mind. I was thinking about this actually uh, this past weekend, Steve, when you and I went to see the shining and there was a girl in front of me who was just too cool for the fucking room <laughs> and was making a lot of like sarcastic hand gestures and shit during a total masterpiece. And I feel like that person could watch this movie and also be a total asshole about it. Like, sure. you know, understand that the thing you're watching was produced 64 years ago and released 63 years ago. You know, like it is lifetimes away from what we watch now, but like in, in like with that in mind, like watch it for the filmmaking again. Yeah. Through osmosis, you probably already knew about this movie if you hadn't seen it. And you know, before you heard us talk about the entire thing, even still, like for the filmmaking, for the performances, for the historical significance of it, um, I think it's a very important movie. And I will say, I've seen all three sequels. Two's a good time. Uh, three is not great. And four is one of the absolute dumbest things you'll ever see in your life. <laughs> Love that. Uh, like, so stupid you should watch it. It was a made-for-TV movie. Real bad. Real, is, real is, bad. Is Perkins back for four, too? Did he come back for Perkins all four? Is Perkins is back for four, oh, and it boy. is a, he's calling into a radio show talking about, like, how he is about to, like, he's with a lady friend, or he's married now, or whatever mm -hmm. it is, and she's going to have a baby, and he's nervous that he's going to, like, raise it like his mother raised him, so it's all this, like, <laughs> you, like, flashback scenes, like, you see a younger uh, Norman Bates, like, do the the double murder of the wife and the boyfriend and everything oh, but no. like it's fucking donkey shit wow. man. it's a real bad yeah movie. i have that's the only one i haven't seen uh, i wasn't crazy about three but hey wow this fourth one cch pounders in it cch pounder is the woman hosting the radio show that he's calling into according to imdb one john landis also acts in this movie wow that i don't remember that's insane uh, like I, I got a big old box set coming to me and I'm going to rewatch them sequels there because I'm just that kind of person. But that is going to do it for our, our Hitchcock conversation uh, this week on Psycho. Uh, if you want more We Hate Movies, of course, check out patreon.com slash we hate movies, where if you are a $8 level or up patron, you are listening to this very episode right now. Commercial free. That's right. Ad free. We hate movies. Uh, on uh, our Patreon, $8 level and up. By the way, there is so much content coming at you on this fucking Patreon feed. This month, you might need to take a day off of work. Chris Cabin, what are we talking about <laughs> on the Nexus? On the Nexus, we are talking about a little film called uh, The Search for Spock. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I, for some reason, in the in the middle of the episode, forgot what it was about. 
uh-huh. and, and and then just had to look at the title, and I was like, "Oh, there we go." Oh, there we go. Fix good. That's, that's what they're doing. Nice yeah. roadmap right there. Uh, and then Eric over on uh, on uh, the Gleep Glossary, we're talking about a big boy. We are talking about a big boy this month, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Oh. So that should be Ooh. a lot of fun. That is uh, one of the premier. Star Wars characters. Now, Eric, is he blue Baba D Babu Da or <laughs> otherwise? Actually blue? Is, he's from Planet Eiffel 65. Mm. Oh, nice. <laughs> is that the name of that band? Yeah. I believe yeah. so, yes. Nice. I heard there's a lot of ketamine on that planet. There probably. is. That's what turned him blue. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's going on. That's, uh, that's a lot of fun. Oh, you can hear Eric and I try to remember. What little we can about that Ahsoka season. Yes. And what Thrawn was farting around with on there. We will talk about that briefly, but you can also just take a nap. You also, <laughs> we will not talk about briefly, but we will talk about in full on Animation Damnation is the masterpiece known as Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes, oh, yes. Full That's length episode for $3, people. You get a full length episode on Who Framed Roger Rabbit and all of the uh, backup ADs forever and ever, by the way. Yeah. That's right. Animation Damnation, uh, one of our, lo- I think, our our longest running sideshow, if I'm That's remembering true. right. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, full length episodes of movies featured on both the Nexus and Animation Damnation this month to celebrate We Love Movies Month. Now, here on uh, the Tuesday feed, we'll call it because it's not the WHM feed right now. It is the WLM feed. But on the Tuesday feed, uh, We Love Movies Month continues next week. Steve, which uh, motion picture are we talking about then? Oh, it's a, it's gonna be a goodie. It is Batman Begins. He's starting Ooh. up. Yeah. This, now this is the get, first going. Batman movie ever made, and the, I think it's the, <laughs> is it, or is it the last Batman movie ever? And somewhere oh, no, in the neither. middle, I think. <laughs> but I'm gonna have a lot of fun revisiting it. It's been a while since I've watched this one. I remember there being great stuff in here, and there's also some stuff you could nitpick, and I'm sure we will. So I'm excited to do that. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, we got our our bud Liam Neeson, among other things there. Oppie in the movie, of course. That's Uh, right. Yes. Oppenheimer (laughs) is in the movie, uh, also known as Scarecrow because he scared everyone during World War II. (laughs) Indeed. But yes, that is next week when we're talking Christopher Nolan's Batman Begins. Until then, I've been Andrew Jupin. Arbogast. (laughs) Eric Siska. Chris Cavanaugh. Take it easy.